Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Thinking on Charge podcast. Today we're on episode 7. We have a few guests with us today. Unfortunately, Ryan won't be able to join us, but we have two very good key players in the Houston community. Uh, One great player of mine here, Simon with the Salt Boys, and a decent player on the other side of him, um, Team Meta Club, Chris. I'll let them do their own introductions, but once again, I am Jonathan with Team Salt Boys. Whoever wants to introduce himself. Hey, what's up, guys? I'm Simon from Salt Boys. This is Marco from Team Meta Club. And this is Chris from Team Meta Club. All right, and today we got a jam-packed episode. We uh, missed last week with some scheduling conflicts, but uh, we're going to go ahead and record today on some different topics. I think the thing we've been talking about most is game mechanics. Uh, one of the key things that we always want to talk about is like the underutilized keyword skills, um, some things that are becoming prevalent again, like Aegis and Arrival, has definitely generated some discussion of, of game mechanics. and. I kind of want to go into this with uh, some underutilized keyword skills. So, Marco, what do you think are some skills uh, that haven't seen a lot of play that maybe should or maybe just aren't seen anymore at all? Well, one for sure is Revival. I know that was brought up. That can definitely use some cards that maybe they can be cheated in, not have super broken effects, and maintain their Revival keyword skill because I know... Arrival. I got lost for a second. I know Arrival is super strong because you're just cheating out strong battle cards that helps you maintain momentum through effects. So it's like if Arrival can, uh, Revival can do the same thing where they come in, you know, maintain board presence and not have super broken effects where it's just lopsized to match up. That's one way to bring that keyword skill back. That's fair. Uh Simon, Chris, whoever wants to jump in, what do you guys think are some underutilized keywords? I feel like definitely the heroic and villainous. I, I feel like know all the ones that have that. Yeah, I can remember them. They came out around the set. Remember when Doctor Wheelow came out? Yeah, that was heroic <laughs> and villainous. And like Beerus had a villainous card. I feel like it was there were it was a cool concept, and it could be expanded on a lot more because they had cool arts too. Right now, we're at a point where you are supposed to focus your opponent's unison. But I feel like they can add another layer to that by introducing, you know, core sets with just solely focused on heroic and villainous. So now you have to focus the battle cards before you can focus the unison. That's fair. Because if you don't, then the heroic and villainous effects keep building up and keep building up and keep building up. Next thing you know... Some Dr. Wheelow is coming out and making you drop three cards every time I summon one. So, like, it makes unisons last longer, making games last longer, and making them more interactive. That's fair. Simon, what do you think might be a keyword skill that's not being utilized? Uh, something that's different for sure would be Revive. Um, I actually miss that, that skill, especially now with how popular Dark Broly is. Mm-hmm. Um, that six strong Broly just pops your battle cards, but it's only once per turn in a sense. So I have, uh, being able to use revive and just bringing whatever that six drop Broly pop just to bring it back and yeah, sounds broken actually. Yeah, well, right? keep, keep in mind the dark Broly. I'm assuming you know talking about the one that warps. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. the one that warps. Yeah, yeah. So revive does have to be KO'd, which is annoying because. One revive mechanic that kind of came back a little bit was the Harutagarn from the draft box. 
and the nine drop would revive. One way to play around that is when I played against the red Gogeta chain, that would neg everything by 20. So the five drop would come in, neg everything by 15, I believe. Uh, then, it's 15 or 21 of the two. Yeah, then the six the six drop will come in, swing, kill my revived nine drop for Rudigarn, and it won't be activated because it wasn't KO'd. So, it was but. a very flawed mechanic from the get go. Like K- KO saying something has to be KO'd is huge. Like KO, a lot of stuff isn't KO'd nowadays. It's just removed via skill. Mm-hmm. Well, they fixed that though with the with Bandai. At least they made sure it says KO'd or removed from right. skill. Yeah, so I can see that. At least fix that. They're forward. starting to fix it moving forward. It just leaves like these huge gaps in what are supposed to be staple keywords do you like, think they should go back and backtrack those cards like errata them to have it added as or removed from skill i wouldn't be mad at it but it would be messy it would definitely be messy but there's a there's a huge gap in the the power level of the three different you know core mechanics of the dual colors like revive is definitely at the bottom 100 percent. uh i'm gonna throw a, a curveball here indestructible it's can't be KO'd, can't be warped, but if you neg its power, it goes to the drop anyway because of game mechanic. I don't think that's how that's supposed to work, but the only thing that I can think of that has indestructible is Zamasu cards. Right. Do you think that they'll continue making cards that have indestructible that are not Zamasu, and do you think they'll specify that maybe there's an alternate version of indestructible, like indestructible plus where it can't be negged either because it's supposed to stick on the board right is that something you think bandai even cares of right now i feel like it has cards like that have to have some answers like you can't just not have an answer for something or else you auto lose to it like the garlic deck like if that deck was a little bit faster or a little bit just had just a little more leeway that deck would be insane because just the fact that you get out this gigantic indestructible 30 crit I forgot that had if he no if he had double strike that deck would be insane, but he's just a single crit so it's not really that threatening. You can give him double strike. <laughs> <laughs> but also You're right. Like to do with characters as garlic. I'm not familiar with garlic junior to be honest. Yeah, he but can't die. He can't die. Yeah, so, he's immortal. Okay, so if you give it to maybe uh, let's say Majin Buu since Majin Buu comes back. Oh, that'd be fire. Uh, yeah, that would be a, a cool thing to give indestructible to. Yeah, just give him revive, bro. More revive, yeah. <laughs> Regarding, uh, regarding the same, basically going off what Chris is saying, yeah, that's you have to have an answer for things to kind of balance it out a little bit. An example of a card that, in my opinion, was extremely overpowered because there was no way to interact with it. I'm pretty sure you guys already know where I'm going, but 7-Drop Gogeta. Yes. The one Oof. that would flip your hand. It had Deflect Barrier. You know, it, it there's just no stopping it for basically, like... For your opponent paying little to no cost, like you even know. right now with all the counterplays you have access to, you still couldn't do anything about that. You have to flick and barrier. Like, exactly. Right. So it's for indestructible to be what it is. It's good that there's something you can at least do to it. I know the cards that I mean the colors that will probably have the most answers to it will be like you know yellow with Vegeta final flash, but that's not even a permanent solution because you still have to have some other source to remove it off the board once she negates his ability. But for sure, red having the ability to neg it to zero, you know, it gives them advantage over most colors. One thing that I don't like about it is that the cards with indestructible are so 
like key to your strategy that when they do get removed if it was like a blowout so that does lead people to questioning whether it lead whether we need something like like he said indestructible plus Mm -hmm. like your indestructible cards should be like more support cards your boss monster i don't feel like your boss monster should necessarily be indestructible yeah that'll that'll fix a lot of problems i agree um i know revenge has gone up and down, especially when they clarified a ruling of uh, so was it King Vegeta surprise oh, attack? Oh man, when they they reprinted it and surprise slaughtered it, yeah. yeah, that was a very weird thing they did. But to be honest, I guess we were playing it wrong. Were we playing it wrong the whole time, or were, was it just like something they went in and cleaned up in the rule book? I think they did something to the rule book, and that's when the question came up of people. No, actually, I don't think they did anything to the rule book. I just think someone came in, they read the rule book, and they asked, when does a card actually become a guard card? Because when they were read Revenge, like I said, I don't remember 100% they changed the wording or not, but they read Revenge saying, when your card becomes a guard card, that's when Revenge would activate like an auto-timing. Yeah. But the problem was when you gave your card Revenge, the window of it becoming a guard card was when it activates block. So it quote-unquote missed timing for it to activate Revenge. Right. And that caused a lot of confusion for people. And people were like... And that's when Bandai came in and basically clarified everything and confirmed that the reprint was a trap. Where do you think Green <laughs> would be at right now? If it was still ruled like we thought it was. Top five color in the game. (laughs) Top five color in the game. (laughs) Because that would be low key. Like imagine you playing Gotenks. You finally get something that can kill this thing. Right. You swing at it. No, it's 35. Kill that. Yeah. Isn't there a card already like that though? It's black. Yeah. But they would know it. They would know it's revenge before going in at it. Right, King Vegeta, it was a surprise. Right, right. it's not a surprise anymore. A surprise, I'll combo you. <laughs> I know uh, Slug would definitely get a big boost because oh, what is the two drop blocker's name? Uh, Zane? 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 Yeah, he's like, what, 5K? Yeah, he's 5K little blocker. Yeah. If you give um, B15 with the blocker, yeah. Yeah, that would be uh, pretty interesting for Slug if it was ruled like that. So, something I've... I've I like to pick from other card games. There's a card, I can't remember its name in Magic, where it's like a, a vanilla mm-hmm. when it comes into the game. And then every turn, it adds a keyword to itself okay. permanently. So like, let's say uh, you roll a dice and the turn you play it, it gains critical. Mm-hmm. And then the next turn, it keeps critical and then you roll a dice and it adds double strike or barrier, indestructible. Like we don't have anything that has a variable keyword you can add them with like champa comboing or, or critical with the frieza comboing but nothing that adds randomly yeah. there's no randomness like you can always pick something or you can give it something i think having more rng is something that would be interesting to the game i don't know how easy that would be to be like hey roll a two-sided dice or two dice to pick a thing but um, what do you guys think about something that might come up like that i feel like um, that'll be fire if they made it like a black sand staple because you if you notice right now black doesn't have too many like generic staples where oh this is so good you slot it in every black deck but every other color has something like that so if you get say you give something like vegex like a goku and vegeta or gogeta or whatever and you can like you said variable keywords like okay i gave him crit 
So now I can go in with a double strike crit because that's what this situation calls for. Okay, I'm going for game. I need to give him a double strike. I don't have a chomp in my hand. Or I need this dude to stay on the board. I'm playing against green. Give him barrier. I feel like that's what black needs to have more uh, playable battle cards. Yeah, because right that Demigra is not playable yeah, at all. It, come on, man. You, you <laughs> still have to. It has to be an overround based deck in order to do that, though. Yeah, just one time. I think that's an interesting concept. The problem with me and RNG, I feel like more RNG factors are considered to the game, the less control you have of it, which becomes more like frustrating. Vegex is great though with its RNG. Yeah, not all the time, but <laughs> but like that's the way I feel about it. I think that's a really cool concept. It's just you know, if you're at two lies with no cards in hand and your opponent plays the card and they roll a double strike, it's like Bro. What they roll a quad strike on you? Yeah, even worse. <laughs> or a victory strike. They're just like, you know what? The, Farmer shotgun rolls fact, victory strike. The fact that a card can come in, well, it also depends, you know, what drop it is, right? But mm -hmm. if we're talking about bed jacks, it's going to be a one drop or something for free. So I, I think there's a lot of factors that come into it. The problem with me is just the more RNG you introduce to the game, the less control a player has. And I mean, that can definitely cause some frustration. I mean, personally, I think it should be a sell. Cell card it could mm -hmm. be black, but Cell has every character's abilities. Yeah, that'd be fire. And it's just like, yeah. all right, Cell could tap into that kind of thing. You, they can like that can become something like a hundred. Uh, what is that? A thousand restricted eyes from Yu-Gi-Oh, where they absorb a battle card and they'll gain those abilities. Oh yeah, he can have like a union absorb from hand and just yeah. Let me get this. I need this crit. This yeah, kind of like what did with the Gohan and Gotenks. Yeah, except yeah, not bad. Right, not terrible. <laughs> That could be a new keyword skill, actually. That's actually a new mechanic. That's actually pretty interesting to think about. The Majin Buu Arctic can have it, and the Cell Arctic can have it. Mm -hmm. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. They need to pay you, man. Shoot. <laughs> yeah, I like the Bandai. idea of uh, rolling a dice. That could be a way to, I don't know if it would be a nerf to Vegex, but how about instead of bursting five, you roll a dice, and whatever it lands on, that's what you mail. Nerf. That's nerf. Massive hey, nerf. <laughs> because you already have a consistent five. So if it converts to me possibly rolling one every turn, right. it's like that's just a. The only thing you're benefiting from it is possibly getting six mils, but that's not worth the sacrifice of getting five consistently every turn. Mm -hmm. Right. That's yeah. fair. That'll be a good nerf. <laughs> 100%. The leader would die most likely. <laughs> so are there any other. I know. Leaders aside, because obviously I think there should be more wish leaders. I know Meki Kabor is coming out, but that's I think it's a different mechanic altogether. Uh, surge is a skill. I know. I know. <laughs> surge, we want to bring some surge leaders back. One hundred percent. I think uh, Kefla was. Is that the one that was blue yellow? Uh, the the one, trash one. Yeah. The one that has the best colors and is the worst. Yeah, actually, yeah, that is true. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> so I think that I tried building it. It's awful. I'm not even mad at it because if it was good, we'd still be seeing it to this day. I mean, Invoker. Uh, is, is, is it good because it's Surge or is it good because it's got Invoker? It's, uh, wait, you talking about Kefla? No, no, no. Well, Invoker leader Goku. Well, so in your uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You Invoker, I mean, Invoker is just good because Invoker. Well, how come there's no other Invoker decks? What other Invoker deck is there? There is. There's 17. I wouldn't necessarily say that they're bad, but if you want to play it, you want to be as optimal as possible, and the the options that Goku allows you to have just gives you what you need to win the game. That's the only active competitive surge leader we have in the game right now. I think Broly's kind of come up 
as a, a roguish deck, but Invoker is consistently like it's been in the finals. It's won, mm-hmm. and it got second against King Piccolo. Granted, yeah. the best Invoker player. Well, arguably. that's that's one of the situations we brought up earlier when you just have cards where there's no answers to it. Really, it's just kind of like there's but not it, much you can do about it. So if your opponent gets to the five energies and they're activating catastrophic blow. Five, four to six times there's not much you can do about it now there's a card coming out next set you know that can answer that which we'll probably touch on later but you know that that's finally something that can respond to that because like you could play set one vegeta if you play vegeta on turn three and somehow manage to untap an energy like bro you're done it's mm-hmm. it's still invoker at the end of the day yeah. Right, but I'm just saying, if Invoker was that powerful, somebody would have taken another leader to it, and topped with it. Nobody's done that. I think it's it's probably a mix. You well, need one without the, you can't have one without the other. Well, regarding that, there has been a, a launch. Yeah, the launch, launch Invoker. Invoker. Yeah, it, you know, there's little experiments like that. Now the thing is, is like Chris said, what is the most optimal thing to do if you want to run Invoker? You know, if you want to get top eight. Like, what is the most optimal leader or what the most optimal setup to use? And that's why we keep seeing the same Invoker leader. That's mm-hmm. fair. If somebody just wants to follow a deck list and they know it's tried and true, so, yeah, you know, why why rock the boat? I'm a boat rocker, by the way. I don't... <laughs> I we can tell about the questions. 100%. <laughs> um, other than that, I mean, I haven't seen a Union Absorb skill in a while. I think that would be cool to Just kind of bring back. of that? I always get the three confused. Like, Union Absorb would be like Baby. Okay. Or, or like cell chain would be a union absorb because you're tucking underneath. Yeah. Uh, uh, Tara, I believe, is pitch from hand or on the field. Those are the two I get mixed: fusion and Patara. Yeah. One's from hand, one's on field. I feel like Patara's on the board and the fusion. I don't even know. Patara is on. No, oh. never mind. Yeah, Patara's on the board and the fusion is from the hand. It but now it's like, it's so confusing because you have these cards. You're like, yeah, you can also use cards in your warp. You can use cards in your deck. And I'm like, huh? Yeah. What does it do? <laughs> I just know it gets played for one. True. Yeah, basically. These, these skills levels are definitely evolving. I, I think uh, with the more keyword skills that come out in the game, like Rejuvenate's the latest one, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know enough about set 13 to know if they've added a keyword skill. We'll, we'll talk to Chris about that later on in the show, but uh, it puts some of these skills into the back burner. Um, and like Revive is a great idea, it just was poorly executed. Heroic and Villainous were great ideas, poorly executed. And up until recently, Aegis was a great idea and was poorly executed, but now Bojack's a staple in any blue yellow build. The problem with some of these keyword skills is that Bandai is definitely very selective in which one they want to support because they know which ones are going to be the cards that will attract people the most, and that is Arrival. If we're looking at the new Evolution Battle Packs, they've introduced Arrival. I don't think they introduced an Aegis, did they? No. Uh-uh. No. Majority of stuff are all Arrival. I think the 16, the blue-green, they have Arrivals. They added Swap. Green... Yellow, they have the Android that has a rival. There's no, there's no Aegis, there's no Revive. So that's also another problem. It's not only, maybe they don't know the solution of what to do with this just yet, but that still doesn't change the fact that we see what type 
of keyword skills, Bandai are favorite being over the others. More free plays, and that's more or less the issue, is that everything is free or cheap. So much value. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, I brought out this 20 double striker for one, and it blows up two of your dudes every turn. And I also added an extra card on top of that that comes in for free when I play it. And yeah. also, you lose the game now. I'll drop in the play cells and yeah. just... Right. Even though you lost the game, game two, I start with nine lives. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, and that's what to expect, though, because if they want to move new product, that's what we'll have to get. And that's why these counters play came in, and they were so important to our game today, like God Ceiling, Charismatic, Prideful, and so forth. This. Their counterplays that gain value and zero to like you know to little no energy. Yeah. And the fact that black doesn't get any of this just tells you two things: black is too strong on its own already, and Bandai hates black. <laughs> yeah. Don't they? It's just like a child they don't know how to control. <laughs> it's like, true. They're a stepchild. I mean, because black was like, do they have black cards in set one and two? Oh, no, it no, was, it was three. The first one, yeah. The expansion set yeah. when Bardock came out. And then they brought in the overall mechanic into right. set three, right? And when that thing came out, that thing was popping. I kind of remember. You smart the expansion about set? Yeah. Oh, they don't want to take me back to those days. <laughs> man, when overall came out, man, that was. Mira Chopper. That was, that was a mechanic we all enjoyed. No one can say any different. I didn't know how to play Overrun when it first came out. I was tapping too for the trunks and putting cards from my drop into the warp. I was like, this sucks. It goes away. <laughs> like, what is this? But uh, talking new mechanics uh, that they brought out, what are some mechanics that haven't been revealed that you think would be, you know, like a good idea to bring into the game? And I don't know we talked about this a little earlier, but uh, as a term, mana dorking, mm-hmm. playing a battle card that can tap for energy. We have one of these already. From like set two, it's like a, a Kai. It has a barrier, uh, but it's for a colorless energy. Uh, so I don't know how Bandai wants to work with that moving forward. Maybe specifying that it can tap for a specific color, like blue if it's a blue card, or if they keep it generic so that it doesn't get too strong, like Sensu Bean mm-hmm. on top. But I think a one drop, 5k, no barrier. Maybe draw, maybe not. I don't think it should It has draw. to be barrier. I feel like it just has to be protected because if it's going to be some type of like item, field card, or artifacts just staying on the board doing nothing else, it would need to have some type of protection because our games just consist of so much removal. But that makes it too powerful if you can't remove it easily. I think if you go into like a higher one, like let's say a four cost mm-hmm. that has taps for three yeah. energy or something like that, yeah, give it Barry, but the one drop that taps for one mm-hmm. energy and it draws you a card, it's already plus in playing it, right? It's replacing itself. Hey, man, I got a barrier card out there that says I draw a card, and if you negate me and untap, I burn you for a life. It needs more. Hey, that's <laughs> probably fair. But, yeah. No, that's definitely an interesting concept. I, I just... I just think they'll present a lot of cool ideas, but I feel like that'll just be very useful to Blue. I mean, if there's a way that other colors can use it, because I know for a blue, if that was like a mechanic, I think you mentioned it, Jonathan, where you can just tap the battle card for a blue energy to untap two energies if I use like Sensu Bean or something. That would be insane, actually. Yeah. yeah I feel like when you make cards like that, you also have to take into account what the strongest card at that energy cost is. Because at zero, you have like the six drop Bardock with dual attack, and all the dark brolies 
at one, you have a lot of double strikers that blow up the board, arrival cards, and stuff like that. So it has to be on that same power level. You just can't be spending energy on anything unless you're playing a heavily archetype-specific deck, which would have to be something that comes out in, like, set 14. Mm-hmm. Because right now, blue can't ramp, but what are you ramping towards? Yeah. Like, yeah, bro, look, I got Dragon Fist. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> Warp a car from your hand swing at it. <laughs> that's true. Any other new mechanics you guys think might be needed in the game or should be brought up? I thought life gain... I thought life gain was a good idea, but it was cool. Like you get like one of life, one to two life per game, maybe, on average. That's not the type of life gain I was really looking for, but they did it. Is anybody life gaining besides King Piccolo? Uh, Slug has it. Well, I know they have it, but is anybody actually doing it? Yeah. I mean, well, nobody plays Slug, so, <laughs> so like no. <laughs> nobody's doing it then. Yeah. Uh, we got the Yellow Frieza. Nobody plays it because it's has no support. What's the other Rejuvenate leader? Uh, I think it's the... Pycon. Blue. Yeah, Frieza. Never seen anybody play that deck in my life. It's trash. That's why. I don't know. Like, one... Every color has one, right? But what colors are relevant and how easy it is to get there. Black so, has Rejuvenate? Wow. Yeah, it does, actually. Who's the Rejuvenate? Uh, Toei Unison. Oh. The Toei Unison doesn't do anything that merits you playing it, but hey... Yeah. Like, I don't see why they introduced a keyword that essentially does nothing in four out of five decks. They were probably testing out the waters. They maybe thought it was going to be too broken. But obviously, you know. this, this is a problem I have with Rejuvenate. It's like, if you're going to do something for one color, let all the colors have it. And what I mean by this is, so the Piccolo Unison for King Piccolo, it gains a counter, just one, right? But you have a fashion of giving it another counter, which is through, what is one of the battle cards that gives it a counter when you stack it under? Symbol. Symbol. So Symbol puts a card underneath it, draws, correct? Yeah. And you put a counter on it. Draw of unison, draw of symbol, put another yeah. counter on it. I'm like, yeah. bro. So like you you're you're in a sense kind of turboing to give it counters and then if you do anything to try to attack into it, they have a blocker, they have counterplay that next your battle card is gonna be too weak to swing into the unison. So and then, you know, it, it's just stuff like that. If you look at blue, there's really no way for it to gain a counter the same way that symbol does it. If you look at yellow the perk that they have is that it gains a counter during either player's turn. If you look at green, well, I don't know too much about green, but how efficient is it getting counters on green? I plus one at every turn and hope you don't kill it. There you go. See, like, they're only plusing one every turn. I don't know how the Toa gains counters. I think if you warp something, you gain a counter? That's the Toa Unison from Draftbox. This Unison is a common, and it's, it does nothing. You pitch a card, draw a card, add a counter to it, and hope it doesn't die. You see, so it's, it's a like, 10K. It's like the King Piccolo has a very strong engine. It's gaining two counters per turn. And it has numerous of ways to protect the unison versus where blue is like, if I don't negate your four swings, it's like, like my, my pro- I'm never going to get to rejuvenate. My problem is that when they make these things, they pick one, make it super good, and then leave all the rest completely irrelevant. Exactly. Like, you can, there's going to be some good pilots somewhere that can go in and see success with these decks, but it's just the fact that your average Joe or a player with less of a skill level doesn't have to work as hard when you play King Piccolo because these things are already there for you. 
Which is why Rios just dominates with it. He's a great pilot. Yeah, so it's like you take a deck that was already good if you're bad, and then when you're good, it's like, bro, there's no way you're beating me. God tier. That's fair. Uh, speaking of unisons, I think adding the skill that which is going to come, counter unison play or something that can KO or just completely remove a unison from play, like you can a battle card, mm-hmm. has to come. We getting there. You, yeah, I know. I know it's it's going to get there, but it, it's something that I think is going to come and should come. If it doesn't come, I'll be upset. Remember, um, in the garlic deck, they had that Piccolo SR that nobody plays, where you can counterplay a unison. Yeah. And what does it do? Like negated skills or something? I think what well, it becomes like yeah yeah basically I think there's a certain cost of unison that comes into play but yeah it, or there's no cost but it negates it for the yeah, time. yeah so it's like it negates it for a specific period of time you can't add markers to it so that's kind of a blowout like imagine somebody plays a dark roller unison right and you're just like yeah he's vanilla like oh I guess he dies next turn and I paid three for nothing yeah but so I think it's that. It's a three drop that turns into a two drop, and it says yeah. counterplay the card being played. So it doesn't yeah. specify unison, but it does negate its skills for the yeah. turn. The so only thing about it is that it's so energy, it's so costly on your energy. Your energy is mostly used on unisons, and you spend like 90% of the game tapped out. If I hold two open for this, and let's say you don't play a unison, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. Correct. That's the problem. We need a free unison counterplay. Free unison counterplay. Only y'all can have it. <laughs> That's where our game is going to, literally. It's just, if they want to keep pushing product, it's going to have to be more free stuff over and over again. And then, well, luckily they have a ban list, right? So that's how they're going to resolve most of the issues where whatever card is super problematic, like Battering or Minus Killy Zone, you know? So. Well, they, they kind of put that for their own perspective because Minus Killy Zone got hit in the forthcoming counterplay era where it would have That card still should have never been printed, regardless. That card, for zero energies, I'm telling you, you cannot react to anything I'm doing, oh, and it replaces itself. That is a powerful card. I don't think people knew how powerful it was until it was gone. I I knew how powerful (laughs) it was. Playing the blue Dende deck, and I'm saying, yeah, my secret is going to resolve, and you can't do nothing about it. I'm going to go from one battle card to six on the board. Yeah, that card was ridiculous. That's fair. That's fair. Um, let's kind of go into a different direction. We talked about new mechanics. Let's talk about new cards as far as characters. Okay. Uh, I know Bandai listens to the community because we, I, at least from what I can recall, a lot of people are like, where's our uh, Whis leader? Where's our launch leader? We want to see them in the game. They're key people to Dragon Ball. Where's my farmer shotgun at? Farmer shotgun... Where's my Bulma-ish Marin-looking person at? Where's Par Par Brothers? Cumber. We got all these hero characters I don't know about. Mm-hmm. You know, Cumber probably should be up there. I feel like he's definitely a popular pick. Is The thing I would give Bandai is that when they do come out with these heroes, oh, well, not heroes, when they do come out with these uh, leaders or characters just in general... You know, I guess my comment is more towards, like, leaders coming out of these characters. Like, Turdless, PyCon. PyCon isn't played very well, but I feel like PyCon has a lot of potential because he's essentially like a blue toolbox deck. So the moment the proper options that come out for him, he can have a lot of potential. Because he searches for any blue card. Yeah. And then Turdless, he's still performing well. He actually became a really good leader. I know a lot of people were wanting Turdless, so... I feel like when they do come out, like, you know, Wakumber or the new, um, 
What is the new villain that they just got fighting? He's like the super powerful blue, white beard, alien-looking guy. Oh, uh, Moro? Moro, there you go. When Ooh. he comes out with him, yeah, I, I, I'm actually excited when they ever come out with a card for him. I feel like he's going to have a lot of potential, but I think Bandai's been doing a really good job when the leaders do come to, like, you know, make them look attractive for the players. Like, King Cold next set, at first, when I looked at King Cold, I was like, eh, he's a little iffy, but, you know, my teammate Chris, he plays play tests nonstop, and he's saying King Cole has a lot of potential. So people who are like King Cole fans, that's going to catch them. So I think they do a really good job when they do present these characters, they look appealing. My thing about the characters and how they how they deal with them is that you can make or break a character for your brand based on what you do in this card game. Before I started playing this game, I didn't know who my favorite characters were my favorite characters were like slug bojack i didn't know who either of these two were but because their decks were so interesting and i felt like they were good at the time that literally changed my perception like i went and bought the bojack and slug movies just Shout off out peter that. katani by the way <laughs> just off of that like you it's, it's so much that they need to realize like you can't just throw these leaders out there and give them like fan service fan service fan service but then they're not playable because you're missing out on so much money that could be made. Well, see, Broly. Broly's been... I don't... There's been one or two bad Broly leaders that I can think of, mm-hmm. and all the rest of them have been, you know, meta-relevant. Broly has been extremely annoyingly powerful through Bro. all the colors. Every set, every color, there's a Broly that's here to make you mad. U7, or not U7, Series 7, Red Broly was the worst I can think of. Cassette, it, 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 that's so bad you don't even remember what it is. That was the one that was um, he had, around dormant. Yeah, yes. wasn't the problem with that. Is there was no problem with that. Didn't the surge leader come out the same time? Or no, no, no. Later? That was way after. Like he was listen, original red green arrival Broly. Listen, the only reason I know about that leader is because my teammate Jason used to run that leader. That's the only reason. And it didn't what? do very well, did it? He tried. He tried. He did well with it, but you know, it wasn't. When the surge leader came out, it was a lot better. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. That deck was fire. Could have been. Surge did it better. What about you, Surge? Definitely did it better. What are some characters you're wanting to come into the game? Uh, Most likely, like leaders. I know uh, Videl hasn't gone the leader spot. Uh, Krillin, maybe an updated Krillin. Oh, or uh, an Android Eight that can make it to where he has some skillless abilities. Yeah. but other than that, I want to do go back to what you were saying earlier about artifacts um, and maybe introducing sea uh, items, which would be kind of cool, like equipments in a sense. So you pay to, and let's say you play the, um, let's say the the sea sword, the sea sword or whatever, and you equip it to a battle card and it gives it a dual attack, double strike or whatever, whatever the card, you know, whatever the card has. I think that would be a cool, a cool, uh, not really character, but cool item slash mechanic to see. He keeps That'd it while it's attached, cool. right? Right, 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 right. Like get double strike or plus five k, plus ten k while this is attached. It might be an investment at first, but yeah. after it's there, it's like boom. So you pay two to put it on the field, and then you have to pay a cost to attach it, right? Yeah, and you can pay cost to unattach it to give it to another battle card. Kind of like how they do with magic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. With the way things are going right now, it have to be something like if you have this units and you can play this equipment. Hey, yeah, yeah, that's fair. They do that with uh, a card in Magic, where it's like if you have X amount of battle cards, reduce the cost of playing it by that many. Yeah. So you just drop like a like in a sense like a successor type 
effect. Right. So it's like if you have 12 or more cost battle cards, reduce the cost of this artifact by five. So you're playing a six drop, like SR or Secret Rare for one, and it's free attachment, and it gives it like quad strike or something. Yeah, that's, something that's ridiculous. super cool. That's super interesting concept. They can make a whole set around it, actually, to where your goal is to get these type of equipments or boss monsters out just off of building a board and getting there. Mm-hmm. You got to keep the board. Well, yeah, well, they keep, I wouldn't want to say copying, but they did take some ideas for magic, uh, like Planeswalker in a sense, that's yeah. what I think Unison is. They always take, yeah. out, like, everything that is from DBS is pretty much from magic in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. I think with this many card games in our games, you don't have like, a choice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, ideas are going to be jumping everywhere. <laughs> 100%. That's a good idea. Yeah. Cool. Well, Simon, you should speak more. You got great ideas in there. Oh, that just came off of Mark when he was saying, uh, you said artifacts. Yeah. But I I, uh, I do remember it was artifact equipment. I used to play that deck in Magic, and it's pretty fun. Pretty dope. Um, other than that, any other favorite characters you're not getting fan service for before my, we move on? My favorite characters, Beerus, Kid Boo is like my favorite villain. I'm okay where we're at. I think... We need a playable SS2 Gohan leader, which is coming. Yeah. But it's long overdue. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, you know which one I would like? Um, the ultimate Gohan. Mm. Yeah. I'm not a, I'm not even a Gohan fan, but I think he's kind of cool. Yeah, that's the coolest Gohan. Mystic. Well, I think so. Yeah. Mystic Gohan. Well, that's fair. We need a Corrin leader. Corrin? The cat. The cat. Oh. <laughs> That'd be pretty cool, actually. Yeah. What if we had, like, a joke set that came out? They know they do that in Magic, where it's, like, these cards get printed and they're, like, awful effects, but it's mm-hmm. just, like, almost like a draft box type thing. They can do that. That sounds like just... Vicious Rejuvenation. <laughs> <laughs> I think that'd be pretty cool. I think do some, like, wonky combinations or, like, some interesting archetypes where it's, like, Frieza working with, like, Kid Boo, Like, you know, some things that are not supposed to never exist, happen. but it's there. Like, you know, I think that'd be pretty funny to do. Or, like, a collab where they add in, like, other animes or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Dragon Ball did that with Naruto, or vice versa. Yeah. Uh, but not like Chrono Clash. That mm-hmm. was terrible. <laughs> not like that. That'd be a cool idea. I'd be yeah, I did see, uh, I think somebody made some Silver Moon cards. So, I mean, that'd be kind of cool, just bringing some different anime and just... Oh, for sure. Not change the way the game is played, but just yeah. bring in some characters from from uh, different animes. That'd be pretty dope. There could be that idea. Like, you have a Chi-Chi and a Bulma card, but they're wearing Sailor Moon outfits. You know how expensive yeah. that card would be? <laughs> Especially with the market the way it is right now. Well, I'll tell you one thing. This foil is going to be pricey. 100%. In the slab somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> 10 out of 10. Black label. Yeah. But yo, these market prices are getting pretty ridiculous. Why are we in this position right now where like $20 bulk boxes like uh, World Martial Arts and Set 4, Set 5 are selling for over retail? What's driving this? So one thing for sure is, you know, stimulus are hitting, tax returns and all of that. But one thing that kind of confuses a little me is just how heavy, what's the word I'm looking for? Beckett, what are they? Um, grading, grading. Yeah, grading. How heavy grading has been entering to the game. It's like the World Martial Arts. No, it's not World Martial Arts. It's um, 
the Frieza thing that came out with Clash of Fates. Clash of Fates. There we go. It's like that Goku ready to fight. The green one that comes out when a Krillin gets like destroyed or anything. Showdown. Yeah, he just jumped tremendously to a large price range. People are grading him. You know, it, it's just the grading popularity has been growing very swiftly, and that's definitely affecting the the market as well. Bro, I pulled up TCG Player just to look at how ridiculous this is. So, Victory Strike. Obviously, T.O.P. was like the first short print set. $3,100 raw. Yeah. And I promise you it's not a 10 when you buy off TCG. No. Graded copies of this card have been, I've seen, sold for ten dollars to $15,000. Yeah, and people are buying them. So, the difference between... I can say between the Awakened Power, which is the T.O.P. Seeker versus other secrets, I always tell my friends, they're like, dude, this card is like worth $10,000. I'm like, okay, one thing you got to look at TCG, what are people actually paying for them, you know? There's certain Seekers that are listed at 800 but people are not paying more than 500 Awakened Power, people are paying that price. 100%. I've seen a claim sell where someone posted a raw copy of Awakened Power at 3000 and it was claimed immediately. 100%. Yeah. And it's... It's not people who are playing the card. Mm -hmm. It's people who want to get it graded. Yeah. Or just to have a collection. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's a what you've talked about is it's true. Stimulus, uh, whatever, with the economy. But there's a surge in collecting cards. It was sports cards at first. Uh, basketball cards, football cards. I... I have people who were investing in that product like a couple years ago and it spiked. Now they're moving into card games and for whatever reason, Dragon Ball is very highly collectible, like Pokemon. Yeah. Pokemon's highly collectible. Uh, you used to be able to not even sell a Victory Strike for $300 if you wanted to like two, three years ago. Now you can't even buy one for less than three grand. No, yeah. Well, you probably could, but... Not much under. I'll tell you one thing. If I knew back then what I know now... I had bought all of them for 100 each. Boy, the bank loan I would have taken out. <laughs> <laughs> I am telling you right now. I only bought one of each signature's cards. Those SPR signature rares. The amount I would have bought, man, they used to be like $40 a pop. Not even a year ago. Yeah, not even. Now, none of them are less than 100 I believe. I think the lowest is like 300 yeah, um, I know the lowest it might be the hit, I think. Beerus is three, Freeze is five, hits three sixty. Beerus okay. is your low point. Yeah. Gohan shot up for no reason. That used to be the cheapest one. People mm -hmm. love Gohan. Now. Trunks is up there. Yeah, and these price ranges are just ridiculous. But I think so in my own shoes I might explain why another reason why people are kinda of like jumping on the grading train or like helping promote the popularity of this trend because I myself has fallen victim into it. So I'm investing into like another card game which is Digimon. Now I'm looking at certain cards where I feel that, you know, they may have they may build value like these cards in Dragon Ball are. So I'm here investing in these cards, and I feel like that's one thing that people are doing, and they're trying to jump on top of, like, you know, the opportunity. They see certain cards, like, for example, I know they're looking at Beerus. They're saying, okay, Beerus is 300 right now, but five years from now, he may be worth 1500 
I'm not, yeah, yeah, 1500 So they're probably jumping on that opportunity, and that's also what's kind of promoting these cards to go up in prices because if they see people are buying at these prices, they're going to raise the price a little bit more, and other vendors are going to want to follow that same suit because they want more money. So I feel like that's one of the reasons why also these cards are going up in price because mm -hmm. I'm trying to, because I've heard a story where this guy went to a regionals and there's this one specific guy just going around buying victory strikes for a hundred, between a hundred and three hundred. And he had a binder full of them. So that tells me that this guy already knew that this more than anything will become a collector's card in the future. And he has experience in the game. I have no experience, but I'm trying to test my theories with Digimon. So I think that right there is another reason why this market is kind of like going up. Well, the thing about it is that the, there's a new collector made every day. But with the current situation of the world, there's a whole lot more collectors made every day. And now it's public. You can see it being done. And now it's a trend. Before, it was just a private practice that, you know, took place in the shadows. But now everybody's like, hey, y'all, look, I'm going to get my stuff graded, so it'll be worth more money. Mm -hmm. Realistically, this is something you wouldn't experience until you're a veteran card game player. Like, second, third game, maybe. But, you know, you have a bunch of people playing Dragon Ball, and now with COVID and, you know, stimulus checks and, like you said, tax returns, people are just doing it. This is my first card game. Look, I got this card. I can go get it graded and make it triple. He's uh, talking about me, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of people I've seen post that they went out and bought boxes for above retail, mm -hmm. busted those packs open, and then pulled garbage, yeah. and were like, look what I pulled, excited, <laughs> is beyond me. I don't understand why one you'd pay over $100 for a set four, set five box, uh -huh. and then two, crack it open, when the secret rare is not worth more than 60 bucks anyway. So, to my knowledge, none of the cards in that set are worth anything. It used to be like maybe I'll go hunting for like a foil common staple or uncommon staple, but not at that price. Yeah. Uh, they, people don't know what they're doing. They think that they need to be buying sealed product, which is fine, sealed, but then they're opening it for things that they don't even know what's in there. Right. I, I think they... They just think they could get any of these cards in whatever box. It's just I random. I think the confusion is just the lack of, like I said, experience. And True. then on top of that, they think that, oh, this is sealed because the cards inside must be worth something. I'm like, bro, I have a sad story to tell you. 100%. The sealed part is why it's worth something. The mystery. I, I got sealed product right now. Somebody. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. It's trash. People like to leave those boxes on the shelf and look at them. Like that's that's why it's worth so much. You can't find it anymore. The hard part with Dragon Ball about opening sealed product, unless it's like a draft box or something, it's just you need to pull certain cards in order for it to really have value, right? There's certain other games where it's like there's numerous of cards you can pull that will pay for the box itself. And I feel like Dragon Ball doesn't have that same gift or, you know, whatever we want to call it treatment that you know if you don't back then that's kind of one of the reasons why i stopped buying product is just start buying singles back then it was like if you didn't pull a secret you didn't get your money back correct and now it's very heartbreaking to hear because you love the game but like financial people buy also buy packs because they just enjoy opening packs yeah. a lot a lot of my friends told me that i was like 
why are you buying the box? Just get singles for it. You only need like two cards. It's like, oh, I just love opening packs. And I think that's a great thing because you're supporting the game and you're getting enjoyment out of what you're doing. Me, I'm a bit more critical in things I do. It's like, if this is not a good investment, then, you know, I'm just going to put my money in play. Yeah. So you're critical and double strike. Yeah. <laughs> Not only that, but these SCRs are very playable. You see, even uh, what's his name, Awaken Power. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's a very playable SCR. I mean, I think if he was widely distributed, every person would probably play it. There was this turn two, uh, so. turn, turn two cell, whatever. Um, thank God they changed that. But yeah, um, I don't think people would play it because it's a three thousand dollar card. If I had that card, I wouldn't want to play it in my deck because of reasons of maybe damaging the card mm -hmm. shout um, out to evan by the way keep playing your victory strike <laughs> yeah keep playing your victory strike he's the only real victory strike player i know 100 <laughs> even with apex of legends out and people are saying not apex of legends apex of power out and people are saying he's a more you know useful secret in the deck for invoker evan's like nah this is my this has oh, been my geez. boy since day one. Oh, geez. he's the only true awakened power player in my eyes <laughs> So besides the secret rares and signature cards, staple cards have now tripled, quadrupled in price. Yep. And it happened within the last two or three months because I sold my, my staples in like January because <laughs> I was going to take a break to you know be with my family. And then I wanted to come back to the game. And so yeah. I was like, okay, I need those staples back. It cost me a pretty penny. I sold my Violent Rays for like 60 bucks on the playset. Yeah. Oh, man. I can't even buy a Violent Rays. One copy for that much. Sounds like uh, your victory strike got mirror forced. It did. <laughs> oh, man. But no, you're absolutely correct. And I think that just comes into play with, you know, stimulus hit, the tax returns hit. People see that these are very powerful staples. They don't know when the reprints are coming, True. but they understand if you want to play this color, if you want to perform well... You know, it, it right now it's kind of paying off. These online events, the people getting top eight, getting these winner packs of the Wolf Fang Fizz, the Baby Counter, and especially Mecha Kabora, they're getting their money's worth. So it right now is one of those situations where if you want to perform well at these events, that's why these cards are selling. Because right now it's worth playing. True. You know? In my eyes, the cards were always worth, like the staples, for instance, were always worth what they are now. I never invested into them, but I had always talked to, like, my teammate, Marco, Jason, just met a club dudes. I'm like, okay, I have this hat secret. Why is this $100? Yeah. This thing should be, like, $500. Why is this not selling? And then I sold it out of a fit of rage. But then, luckily, shortly afterwards, people woke up. I'm like, okay, other people, yeah, why is hatch, like, $100? This is a good card. You know what? Now, think about it. Why is dormant only 20 bucks? We should buy this. Mm -hmm. In order for the game to have longevity or not be a neg to open, people have to give value to the cards that you open. Like these are staples, these are good cards. Nobody wants to buy a box of DBS and neg. Yes, you're increasing the price that it costs to play, but would you rather increase the price that it costs to play? or increase the value you get from actually opening your product. That sounds like the same thing. Well, what the, one thing is, is that if you're giving value to the cards, it's also helping the game as well. I think that's the ultimate thing it comes down to. Yeah, because like he said, why would he buy a box of DBS? 
if when he opens this box of DBS, he gets nothing. He could just go yeah. by singles. hundred percent. I agree with that. Yeah. There's, there's actually, I know during the time where I stopped buying boxes, you know, there's been stores that just have product of DBS. They're just sitting on it. Now, if you go to the stores now, they barely even have two boxes to spare to sell or right. even have anything to give us prize. So in terms, yes, it's hurtful that the value are going up because you need to invest more, but it's helping the game as well. But I think uh, it's an extreme. There's There should be a comfortable medium where mm-hmm. it's like there's a premium, but not like buyout price premium. I agree with definitely, you. Absolutely. Definitely. But the value that those cards were assigned before all this is not, not acceptable. If you look at every single other card game, yes, you do have to put some money in to play this game. But when you're done, you can get your money back. Easily. They don't nerf it. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, it's like for me, I bought my place at a doorman for but, 60 Yeah, but these are staples we're talking about. Yeah, now because, they are. Because I knew how, like, even me and Chris were on the same page. When I saw the hatch secret, it was going for like 100 I told myself I was going to buy multiple copies, but I, I didn't. But I made sure I got one copy. Because me and Chris were on the same page. We said if Blue ever becomes the best deck, this is the secret to play. It is. Like, it still is. It, like, you know, so for the fact that is sitting like at three to $400, and people are like, man, I had to buy this secret. It's like, you should have jumped on it before. Dormant Potentials, I got a place set for 60 and I just sold it for two, like, you know, no less than 200 Because, like, you know, I understood the value that Dormant was presenting. It's just, I'm not going to play the color anymore. Violent Rays was the same way. Even I made a miniature mistake with Violent Rays because I think he hit less than $15 before and I bought him when he was like roughly 20 to 25 Even me waiting that small period, I had to pay an extra 40 to, you know, 10 extra on each copy for a play set. But even I sold my Violent Rays when they hit 60 apiece. So it's like, if you understand what card as Chris is saying, is a staple to each color and you act quick. It's like what I said one of the podcasts, Jonathan. It's like you need to be proactive instead of reactive. That's fair. Yeah. I agree with that. And just to show you the hype, uh, where is it? Pre-sale. You, normally, pre-sales would be like, you know, two, three hundred dollars for yeah. like one and then it would be like a hundred for the other two. That's a consistent trend, yeah. Right. I don't think this price will drop. And this might be the one that was a hundred. Mm-hmm. Right now, it's sitting at two eighty. We're talking about, I don't know how to say that, Robaloo. Yeah, Robaloo. Uh, yes, yeah, it looks like Robaloo. So I, I don't know where the other ones are, but I'm sure they're going to be obnoxiously high as well. Yeah, that 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 is where the issue comes in. Like, oh, they're, they're all the same right now. Actually, normally there was like a big discrepancy between one and the other two. Yeah. Now they're all based on playability. Yeah, level pegged, and I think all three of these are decent. I think two are better than one. Um, but they're all still the same market price for pre-sale right now. Mm-hmm. So the hype is real. If you don't have your boxes pre-ordered, I'm sorry. They've been sold out for like a month already. Yeah. So. And you see the the prices of these cars going up. They're understanding that, like you know, it's helping the game in a sense. Yes, I can buy Dragon Ball without negging. Wow. <laughs> Could have told me that. The thing store. about next set, I think next set is presenting another level of staples that are needed definitely right that's what i'm afraid of so you buy all these dormants and let's say the next set multicolor is supposed to be introduced right and i'm sure what set 14 oh set 14 yeah i'm sure it's going to be a new dormant that only works with multicolor leaders 
a new Violent Rays, you know, they're going to push these cards to where you can't, like you said, make your money back. Mm -hmm. So it's, like I said, it's trial and error. You got to you gotta know when to buy and when to sell. Yeah, because mm -hmm. with the units in block about to be over, like the time to buy dormants was three sets ago. Yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> three sets ago. Freeze the counterplay SPRs. People are paying 50s. Should have bought those three 10. sets ago. Mm -hmm. yeah. Agreed. And even George Machado said that on stream. He said, Frieza Charismatic Villain's a great card. I don't know why it's $10. Mm -hmm. You should buy them now at 10 because yep. they're going to skyrocket. And he was right. No, absolutely. Is it, it? Everything goes in the same trend. The Kai Seeker. When the Kai Seeker came out, it was pre sell for like 250 It dropped down to 150 the lowest. I know because I was going to pick it up at 150 but I got greedy. I tried to get it online for the cheaper price. No one was willing to sell it because they knew it was going to go back up in price. Mm -hmm. I saw it go, it spiked up to 250 I was eight, I got really lucky. I found someone to sell it for 200 I got it for 200 and now people are selling it for no less than 350 Same thing for Heroes Lineage. You know, it's a you know it, it was a little you know promoted by somebody, but <laughs> but Heroes Lineage was the same thing, sitting at sixty dollars for the long not the longest, but one or two weeks. You know, Mister Eddie comes in saying, "What's up, Eddie?" Eddie did his part. He said, "If y'all don't have the secret now, I'll lend you right now." It's a mistake not having it, and now the secret is listed for roughly one thirty, I believe, but yeah. people are not selling it for less than a hundred. Right. I don't agree with that secret going for as much as it goes for because everybody I know that has a hero's lineage has more than one hero's lineage. Like, mm -hmm. literally, I know a dude like five. Yeah. It's so easy to get. It's like Goku Ooh. Case. Yeah, yeah, it's like, is that more than Goku Ooh or the same? It's same. the same. It's, it's like the same boxes. as Goku Ooh, and Goku Ooh is still 30 bucks. Yes, this is more playable, but it's supposed to be like what is it supply and demand the supply yeah. is there for everybody that wants one everybody can have one this is pure pure hype yeah. and if this continues to climb that just shows the influence that somebody with how can i it clout. just shows clout clout insight um intelligence whatever you want to call it it just shows what you can do when you actually know how these tcg markets work true I mean, he's affiliated with PPG, one of the bigger markets. And he's been in the game for a while. It's yes. kind of like Peter Catani coming in. You know, everybody loves Peter. He says, yeah. yo, I need y'all to buy this banned card because, it's, you know, it's good and everybody will do it. <laughs> but yeah, I think this secret is going to go on a wave because right now it was down to the low. It went back up because the hype is going to go down to the low again because people are going to start realizing, well, I just need to buy more packs and I'm, I'm going to get lucky. Facts. I think this will sit about 80 yeah, it's like an 80, 80 to 50, anywhere 50 to 80 makes sense. I'll tell you right now, though, once we get into further, further, and further sets, this price will go up. This is literally a change of hearts, and we know change of hearts is banned in Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah. Yes. I feel, we, like we, in, we I feel like if there's ever a, what you want to call it, a format where there's a tier zero deck, and, you know... If this card can be used for the mirror match because you're taking their pieces to help you accelerate your game plan, that's when this card is really going to be like. That's if your secret that you're playing in that deck doesn't already have quad attack. That's true. true. Quad attack, quad strike. What hey. about you, Simon? You think this is a high <laughs> price or is it justified? Uh, I think it's. I wouldn't pay more than a bill to be honest, because like y'all said, you can get it. If you buy a box, you know, well, you have a high chance to get it if you buy a box. It's 33% chance. Right. So I'll take my chances on that, especially with the box. You know, you get SS3 Goku. I think that's up there. 
30 roughly. Yeah, roughly 30 bucks. So, so you can get your money back on the box pretty yeah, quick. Yeah, pretty, pretty quick. And the, thing, and the thing about the Evolution Booster Battle, whatever the set is called, is that it's going to have the draft box effect. Once they stop printing it, you know, once cars start getting popularity down the road, they're going to shoot right back up. The yeah. good thing about Battle Evolutions, they had good reprints. And you can get them foil. Like yeah. foil bean, mm-hmm. foil looks nimbus. Really nice. Yeah, I love the foil bean. That's my favorite bean art. Yeah, it looks really nice. Place. That's how it should have been from the beginning. I even really liked uh, Scrambling Assault Goten foil. He looks really nice foil. It's like a rainbow foil almost. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really cool. I almost prefer it over the Event Pack foil. Like, you know, it, it looks really good. So they definitely did a good job with the foiling, in my opinion. I want to ask one question on this card, the Her- Heroine's Lineage, before we bounce to the next subject. Where do you rank it in your list of secret rares? I think it's top five. What was my top three? Zeno, you know what's Vic- funny? We just discussed the top five recently, too. Yeah. I know my top three for sure is like Hatch, Awakened Power, like Cell Zeno. My other two, I had to think about heavily. I probably would put it in my top five. Oh, well, the Kai's up there, obviously. Supreme it, Kai's. Yeah, Kai's up there for sure because of the pay, playability and like in the format that we're in. I'm going off just functionality. I don't think Victory Strike should be up there because it's some like one or two decks. Mm-hmm. I, so I, I value Black Secret Rares more because they're just highly splashable. Mm-hmm. So like I would say Kai is one. Uh, I would probably put Salzino 2, Baby Hatch 3. Yeah, those three are like, without a doubt, in my top five. I, I don't know that I can put Heroine's Lineage past four. I think that would be four, just because you can put it in literally any deck, mm-hmm. and you just take a, a game ender away from somebody. Yeah. As long as it's not at eight cost or more. I was just have to re- like really review. It, the thing I look at is just like, what does each secret bring individually, like on its own? You then turn three is active, right? Yeah. Like a lot of the older secrets are turn four or five, mainly five. Yeah, it probably would be top five. I'll have to like really analyze. I feel these like secrets. mine is, I think, just off of how they warp the game. Probably, well, the first two are just off of raw power. Cells, you know, and Apex. Then you have just ignore just raw power. Take Apex off, and you have Hatch and Celzina. Yep. Um, after that, you have Ape, the Green Ape. Mm-hmm. If you're playing against Green, I could not be playing that, and you're still thinking about it. You're this still is, scared of it. You don't this know. Is an energy restriction at all? Uh, no. Just so pop. This is it. active on turn one. Turn one, pop it. Oof. Like if you're at the top tables, Nats. You're playing against some dude playing some mystery green deck. Who knows what's going to come out? That thing is still going to be in your mind, regardless of whether you think he's going to sell Zeno you or not. Should be in your mind. Mm-hmm. Should be in your mind. Hopefully, it's in your mind. But um, that, and then you got the hero's lineage, which I think is better than Kai because Kai is good right now because we're in the unison block. After we're out of unison block, who knows? You're paying two to warp the board. We got cards to do that for free. True. So that's what I would put up there. It's one, two, three, four. Yes, yeah, my five. Realistically, I don't think Apex should be there, but it's just so powerful. I don't think it is either, but it's so powerful. It's, it's in like one deck. Yeah, right. It's yeah. powerful, but it's in one deck. I would put Zelzano as my number one. I think that card is just yeah, it's easy. It's, Band it's worthy just, almost. It's intense, yeah. And Kai is my number two. Uh, I would put Apex as three, Hatch four, and then the last one would be Lineage. The card is just so good. Like what Marco said. 
taking an opponent's card for you to get advantage. Like if you take their Mika Kukubura and you're so happy to be playing Janemba, search a ball off the card you took for one energy, it's, it's intense. Yeah. It, like imagine doing a Red Broly swap mirror match. <laughs> I'm going to take your six drop. Like, let me take your five drop. You can take it back, but my six drop is coming down. Like, that's what goes through my head. It's like, in a mirror match, that card is just so insane. Yeah, that's definitely nutty. I never thought about mirror match possibilities. That's what I'm saying. Like, if we ever head to, like, a tier zero somewhat format, and that card's in the game, and you steal a card to help you advance your gameplay because you're running the same strategy, it, it's just, it doesn't I think even... Oh, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say, I don't think it matters if you go first or second. I think it's just matter who sees that card first. True. Or if your opponent sees it, too. Give me that, man. Give me my stuff back. <laughs> so you can't steal a secret rare. Uh, all secrets are eight or above, minus the negative energy balls. Right. right? That's oh. not a card. But you yeah. could even take, like, for example, it would, I don't know if it would be a bad play, but you can take uh, a, black, a BMS, pretty much, which then, if they play something that's 15 carol less, you're pretty much... Using their card and then, yeah, using their card over your advantage. Another thing, too, if Successor ever becomes popular again, you can take their pieces, swing with it, use it for whatever reason, then you can Successor it off the board. Like, the, the card, the heroin, yeah, that's my top five. That thing is my top five. <laughs> it's like, and I'm I glad agree, I could talk you into yeah, it. And I agree with Chris, too. It's like, that's why the Kai, like, the Kai is up there right now because of playability. But, like, once we get down the road, it's like, so that's why I have Apex and personally in my top five. It's just like, if you were to play the card and I don't ever have to swing at you for advantage and I hit you once, I just win the game, that card is just broken, in my opinion. That's why personally is in my top five. So Zeno is gonna be in everybody's top five. That card is band worthy, like you know, hatch blue best blue secret in my opinion, and so forth. But yeah, right now it will probably be those five cards. The hero lineage is gonna have some crazy potential. In the I future. think that the new Saint Shamrock is gonna creep his way on in there. Hundred percent. Yeah, it's a generic Saint Shamrock, I think, right? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure you can summon generic. him off the tap six. On top of that, he's generic. Da, 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 da. Yeah, you can play that in any deck. Zeno. Is oh, he? but he's a shadow dragon, though. You play yeah. shadow dragons off the leaders effect, yeah. right? Yeah. This card's oh, actually pretty good. I really like the artwork and the uh, ability of it. It's actually very interesting. I like it. Well, DBS seller has one for 280. <laughs> DBS seller. <laughs> and Core TCG has two. Hey, they both are 99.9%. Trustworthy. You know what? Realistically, like with the way things are going right now, you could pay this price for this secret and you probably make price. Yeah, it's not yeah, a bad you price at all. You get yeah. your money back. <laughs> if it goes to 200, I probably I, I hit the trigger. Simon, you're going to be holding the bag on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, Simon. It will hit the 200 range and that's when people need to jump on it. Right. Five years from now, it'll be 200. <laughs> all right. Let's move on to events. Uh, we've had a few events, mainly webcam. We have had a couple in person events. Uh, Hot topic, unfortunately, cheating. Mm -hmm. Do we think cheating is any different in a webcam event versus an in-person, in-real-life event? No. Do you think it's easier to cheat in one or the other? Yeah, webcam. Yeah. I would argue that it's the same. Because it depends on where you are. If you're a top table, very difficult. If you're table 507 in the back, where like half the people have dropped, I don't think anybody notices. Facts. I mean, it depends what type of form of cheating we're talking about. Like, I know shuffling is definitely a form of cheating, but it's like, 
it's kind of like when you don't see your opponent's hand in the camera and they got like you know mysterious casper homeboy behind them holding key cards and they go like raise their left hand and you magically get their card and like <laughs> you know i just feel like on webcam is significantly easier to cheat on because there has been a lot of talks of people having quote-unquote technical difficulties camera turns back on there's no proof that they cheated but if you like some type of suspicious activities happen man had a guy hand every guy. time like you know there, there, there's even been accusations like that done in the dbs groups where someone's called somebody out like yeah this camera went out and he had the most perfect hand for against my deck like for sure so in my opinion i think webcam is just so much more i just feel like it's like, in terms of getting punished, it's just much more lenient compared to in-person. I feel like if done correctly and they made regulations for how your setup has to be and they made restrictions and punishments for your camera going out and lagging and all this crap, it could be on an equal playing field. The fact of the matter is nothing is stopping somebody from cheating right in front of your face like they're doing on that webcam. True. You're literally looking at them, bro. Like, people use smartphones, but they don't use webcams, and they feel like it's some type of taboo. Every other game that I play is embracing where we're moving in the world. They're playing on these webcam events. They're top end. Good players top. Bad players get, you know, booted to the bottom. It's the same thing. Nothing's stopping anybody from cheating in front of you. At the end of the day, you're still looking directly at their hands. And if you also look at the type of cheating that gets caught, so, for example, on streams, you know, one example can be... uh, a while back ago, I think this was like, you know, with Robert Rizzi when, you know, his name first started coming up, but he he comboed with a double shot Vegeta, which just cost one energy to combo with, but he didn't pay the energy, right? you know, and he got a lot of flame for that. Now, I feel like that's obviously like an honest mistake because him or his opponent didn't catch it. You know, that's an honest mistake. Now, I'm not going to say no names, but, you know, a previous cheating happened on webcam where the opponent just magically had a fifth super combo and the way he played out so like he looked at his drop area hands are disappearing he put the drop area back with one hand hidden away from the camera picked his hand up and then both hands merge now that looks like a blatant cheating move it looks like he grabbed the super combo held it up so he did, so the opponent didn't see he has a card in hand he then put his hand back together and mixed it in there now, like, you know, the type of cheatings are getting caught versus in-person stream versus webcam stream. You know, they're, they're, you can tell that the magnitude of it being executed are different. Yeah, the people that want to cheat come where, come there with the setups to be able to cheat. Sure. If you didn't want to cheat, you know, you have people come in there. They want to put on a show for everybody. Hey, y'all, come watch me play webcam. You can see my face. You can see my hands. You can see my whole body. It's the same thing. Yeah, the type of webcam cheating to me is silly. I've seen people cheat in real life, and that takes, you know, it takes some skill some skill to do. I'm not going to witch hunt, but I know a couple pro players that know how to do sleight of hand, how to shuffle their decks to where they know what, what cards they're going to draw next. So, uh, the webcam cheating to me is a lot easier to do, and that's why I think, that's why I don't take webcam too seriously, because, you know, all the, all the... The lagging issues, all those technical issues, and in real life, it's a lot harder for someone to cheat in real life than webcam. That being said, I mean, webcams are only option being the, what we're in right now. True. Um, but yeah, I don't, I personally don't like webcam. I tried it one time and I, I, didn't, I didn't enjoy the experience, so I'll stick to in real life with 
with a mask on. All the is, <laughs> O3 scoop, give me my prize. <laughs> Pretty <laughs> much. Hey, you got it. No, 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 no. You got it. <laughs> so with all that being said, do you feel like there's more or less of a competitive edge knowing that you're one going into a quote-unquote heavier cheating grounds of an event and two now that this is available to anybody because regionals and whatnot you had to go pay for travel you had to pay for accommodations maybe there's just not one close enough to you to go to like we could drive all to dallas Mm -hmm. when they would host but if it was in like nebraska I'm not going to Nebraska. <laughs> we're not driving for sure. Right. For sure. And I don't I'll know if it's fly, worth, but we're not driving. I don't know if it's worth the flight money to begin with. Because mm-hmm. there's not a lot of, now there might be, but there wasn't a lot of incentive to get the prizing that was being handed out for these regional events. But now winter cards are like hundreds of dollars. So do you feel like the prizing offsets the atmosphere of the event to where competitive players are coming in to be more competitive? Do you think it's more competitive than an in-real-life event? Well, it all de- depends on what you feel like competitive is as a person. Because like, if you have stacked 1 through 128 top-tier players or decks or skill? Yeah, because there are some egotistical people that'll be like, well, if me and my boys wasn't here, it wasn't a tournament. But then there's also good players that come out and came there to win. You know, they got their best decks they've been playing. They call themselves competitive. They do well in events every so often. What's to say that that event isn't as competitive as a bunch of big names? Because at the same time, when these big names enter these tournaments, you don't hear about when they don't win, but you do hear about when they do. That's a good way to put it. I think what we're looking at, well, maybe what I'm looking at, is like what the amount of value in real life tournament brings towards a webcam tournament brings i think they bring the same value because at the end of the day you know as chris mentioned when the quote-unquote pro players or i'll rather say the known players do play regardless has been online or in person they perf- they all perform well one person i can say is like andrew duvall he's been you know in the beginning now i haven't i don't know if he's been participating in a lot of tournaments but i know like what well, online tournaments he's been very successful and yeah. in person he's very successful he made that um that what was it was it tricolor search cool Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah he's playing a tri-color surge coup, like, slaughtering people. Like, bro, if you're good, get on the webcam and do good. Don't blame yeah. it on X, Y, and Z factors. Yeah, so I, I think the people who are performing, the, the thing is, it's just, you know, I just feel like cheating is much easier on webcam, and I feel like that's why people are devaluing webcam, you know, tournaments a little bit more. But at the end of the day, I still feel, you know, they still hold the same value and people who are performing well on webcams are, you know, they're good players and so forth. So I think they bring the same value, in my opinion. The only thing I will say that I understand why people are devaluing webcam uh, events is because cheating is just much more efficient for people to do. Sure. I think it's crazy that in the grand scheme of things, you don't have to pay for travel, you don't have to pay for accommodation, mm-hmm. and the pricing is better. You're literally just paying entry. It's like when I did the PPG online tournament, it's just I did it to get the champion packs. I only right. pay, you know, the entry, and that was it. Correct. And you can just O3 scoop. You didn't have to waste money on coming up there no. or for spending the night the night beforehand. You just woke up, mm-hmm. put your deck in front of a camera. You got it, bro. 
It's, it's, it's very convenient. I'll say that much. But it's funny enough to say, even with all that said and done, I still prefer to travel and go to the... Exactly. Yeah, they both definitely bring different experiences. This one is completely, like, value incentive. Like, hey, man, I can pay $25 and Plus, quadruple my money. 100%. If I do well, I can make way more than that, though. And that's where, you know, it's financial gain. But then you have, oh, yeah, me and the boys are about to go to Cali. 100%. To play DBS and then after, who knows what. I just hope that when we get back to in real life events, they bring the prizing with them. Yeah. And they keep it this way. Or more. They yeah. should, really it should definitely be more. They should definitely incentivize us going to an event. Now granted, the tournament organizers don't have to pay for a venue either. Mm-hmm. So they don't have to pay anything out of pocket. It's free to play on Discord. Uh, you're making them provide it. We're providing our own webcams. Like, there's nothing that they have to do, really, except sit there and judge. You know, it's funny because I read a post either last night or the night before. I think Dalen made the post, but he said that we should get Jim back for ARG for him to run the events. (laughs) That would be dope. I I was a big fan of Jim. I I liked his Arjun Saga game. I didn't, you know, continue pursuing it because my team members, like, you know, they fell off and I had nobody to play with, really, and then I fell off, but, like, when Jim ran events, man, I enjoyed those events. It's not good topping, getting that little ARG ticket. Yeah, then, <laughs> ARG Matt. And then, you know, they did, the, they did the holiday events. You know, that was very popular that they did. And, I, man, he comes back, man, and he starts doing, you know, in-person tournaments again, I will go 100%. ARG was always my favorite of the three, yeah. to be honest. But now we have Top Cut, and they haven't had a chance to run in-person, but I hear they're really good as well. Yeah, it seems like they've been doing really good in terms of, like, organizing everything. I, I hear they're very good. They even have a really good, well-known name even before they came in. Cause when they're they really came, big with Pokemon. Yeah, because when they came in, everybody told me, it's like, oh, yeah, no, they're good. They're reliable. But if ARG came back, man, I think when it comes down to it, I think everybody's just waiting for, like, you know, in-person tournaments. Because even when PPG had the in-person tournament, they didn't break 200 people. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure because of regulations, they still had space for more people to come. But I think they barely, I think they hit 130, 130 to 150 in that range. So it's like. Sure. But they still outperformed their webcam event, mm-hmm. which is saying something. Yeah. Um, I did want to add also that in real life, you could also do like a, a poker face. And I love doing that. Um, let's say if someone swings at me, I'll, I'll put my hand to where. I'll show that I have an negate, but I don't. So I'll I'll tap the energy, but like, well, uh, never mind. And I don't have a negate, and then they kind of push back a little bit, and they I make them rethink if they really want to swing or not, or their their future moves. You know what I mean? So when you play Simon yeah. next time, <laughs> yeah, when, yeah, when you are, play me, I don't have a negate. Yeah, we are in time. That's funny. No, that's true. There is a. Uh, element to the game of being in person physically having cards and sitting in front of somebody is much different than playing on a computer in front of a webcam yeah because I'll say this right now like I've been playing Digimon lately I go to in person events all the time but anytime my teammates are like yo sign up for this online event I'm just like hey I'll be here to root for (laughs) y'all you know (laughs) that just tells you something right there as well like I definitely 100% prefer in real life events well there's also side events there's just being there brings an element like going to a sporting event versus watching it on TV 100% because I tell you right now I cannot watch baseball on TV no sir I go in person I'm barely making it but at least it's doable sure and you watch it on TV I'm going to bed 100%. 
So he can hit a home run. I'll sleep on it. Speaking of home <laughs> runs, reboot set to Red Vegeta leader. And discussion's over. <laughs> <laughs> All I'm saying is we're getting the reprint that nobody asked for. We wanted it rebooted. We want it to be playable. It's got such good potential, but you can only do so much with such restrictions on the on the front side. We all know Johnson's opinion. We know my opinion. Simon, Chris, please tell me what your guys' are opinion about a reboot this leader. Maybe talk about why it needs it, what potentials it can uphold, and how would they reboot it? What would be a good way to reboot the they leader? They did reboot them. They turned them into a starter deck. Meh. <laughs> oh, the blue one? Yeah. Uh, I don't like Vegeta, uh, Vegeta or Goku. I mean, I, I don't like the main characters. Um, but a lot of people do. And I think it does... This leader has to be rebooted, I think. Because there's so oh, many... There's so many Goku and Vegetas that you can just... Every set, you can just bring something fresh with this leader. But right now, it's not playable, obviously. Quad color energy. Right. And you can, it's the ultimate utility box deck if you can open up quad color. You yeah. Got Nimbus, Bean, you got red leaders that have free skills. I mean, I don't know what to add for green, but there's something. This could be the perfect leader for that rainbow concept idea. Yeah, like strength, the of legends. Strength, strength of legends. Unfortunately, like... it won't work because it has to be mono. Each one has to be a mono color. Oh, yeah. okay. Wow. I, I asked. I think that <laughs> they should reason. definitely reboot him because not only is he an iconic character using the fusion of iconic characters, it's like, it's the ultimate Goku and Vegeta deck. This is Dragon Ball Super Card Game. 100%. It doesn't make sense to not have Yeah, one. this should be the quote-unquote Soul Striker deck, in my opinion. Soul Striker, I don't think it will ever go away. It's such a good blue, um, a good blue leader, and I think this card can definitely... Um, you know, make an impact to where people won't leave it. You will keep uh, updating it. Like, with me, skill is, I'll update that thing every set, um, but this leader definitely has potential to keep... Yeah, every keep set, you get more cards right. you can put into it because there's always a Goku or Vegeta being printed out. Yeah. Now, how, how to change it? I'm sorry, Marco. How to change it? I'm not sure. This leader doesn't draw on its front side, correct? No. It, no. it can drop a card to give it plus five. From the, from the deck <laughs> so pretty trash self awakening would be great or drawing on the front would be great untap draw one on the awaken make them like uh, go tanks yeah play a unison you can awaken untap draw one you have some way to get Goku's and Vegeta's out for relatively well not even gonna say cheap because cheap is not good enough no. some way to get out Goku's and Vegeta's for free and then turn them into a Vegeta and call it a day shoot Goku swap coming in hot no, not only like the possible, like the possibility of how great this card can be. It's just a fan. It's like a popular pick. It's like the Android seventeen eighteen from what like set two. I think it but was. That was a relevant leader at one point. Yeah, it was, it was well, <laughs> but like you know, it's it's the same thing. People want a reboot of that because you know it was it's a popular pick. Yeah. Same thing for this Vegeta leader. It's popular. The community wants it. And I think Bandai will listen, but they've listened in the wrong way. They had selective <laughs> hearing. Let's give really cool art. Let's give them some support. Trash. I don't draw a card, but you got this nice support. <laughs> exactly. I can't find my cards. <laughs> Fix it. Um, let's jump into the next set. That's been delayed, but should be coming middle of next month. Set 13, Supreme Rivalry. 
Chris, this is going to be your topic, sir. You're probably the only one that actually has the ability to play test and look at cards. And yes, not. it's finally my time. <laughs> All this play testing on Untap. How how uh, has your play testing gone? Um, y'all gonna have to remind me of the decks because the only ones I can think of off the top of my head are Mechi, which is like probably gonna be somewhat meta relevant. I'm not gonna say it's gonna be the new meta deck, ooh, spooky, but it's a really good deck, like extremely good. Aside from that, I've played uh, what is it, the Blue Bojack? Mm-hmm. It's it's flavorful. Yeah. I'm not gonna say it's gonna be meta. It's probably not even gonna be close to meta. It's gonna be like a ten percent, the slight ten percent of players that'll pick it up and even give it a chance. So it'll probably never see any real success. Um, there's the Blue Gohan Skillless. I know there's a couple pro players working on um some skillless builds with that with the uh Janemba package that came out not too long ago hmm. with you being able to play all these little vanillas for cheap why not turn them into a dual attack 19 crit gigantic chain and kill your opponent chilled i don't we don't even have to touch on that i don't know what they were thinking yeah, when they made so it bad. like i played it it was cool i got my dubs i was like i would never take this to a local i would do that to myself bardock um I it's like, I feel like the red colors are gonna make red is best. solid yeah uh King Vegeta being better than Bardock but Bardock if you're playing a a decent pilot with a decent list is pretty good deck like it's solid it's not like anything broken anything top of the line but it's you can get some dubs King Vegeta is the one I expect to be probably the best out of the entire set from the jump how about King Cold. You know I'm a green boy, so I'm a little biased. <laughs> green boys. But I think King Code is like super good. His negate where you can just just free negate. Blow up a three drop. Like that's what Shock and Death Ball should have been in the first place. Get your tactical Vegetas and your arena records now. Uh, the field spell has barrier. Yeah, you can't get rid of the field spell. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's actually it might be able to work on the other little field spells. I don't know, but King Code is super good. He can put an insane amount of pressure for free. He does everything for free. And that's what it takes to have a meta deck. You have to do stuff for free. Value. King Value. Vegeta does stuff for free. Mechie does yeah. stuff for energy, but he steals your stuff for free. So it's like you paid for nothing. That's fair. Like, hey, here's his 20K. I'm like, all right, give it to him. It's like hand destruction. It's reverse. Free. Yeah. <laughs> Um, as far as Supreme Kai of Time, she's cool. It's just like a regular overrun leader. Like if you don't see a unison, in, you kinda just lose. Fake so kite. I, Fake kite. Yeah. It's 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 alright at best. Like So why do you need a unison for? Is that to overrun for, twice pretty much? Yeah. Oh, okay. In order to awaken her within a reasonable amount of time, you need uh what's it called? Over wormhole? Yeah, you need wormhole in order to awaken her in a decent amount of time. Um seventeen to eighteen, have it touched them. They look like they have potential. Uh, Gohan is somewhere next to Chilled at the bottom. <laughs> yeah. So it's like you have Mechie, King Vegeta, King Cold at the top. Bardock, Bojack, Gohan. Teen Gohan. Yeah, Teen Gohan. And uh, 18, I'll, I'll just put 17 to 18 somewhere on the mystery pile. I have no idea. And then you have at the bottom, I think, Supreme Kai of Time, Gohan, and Chilled. That sounds about right. 
Well, let's see. Well, let's go over real quick, like you know, potentially what each deck does. So I know the King Vegeta. It has ways to give your opponents battle cards that give them to little to no value in terms of like you know attacks and everything. But the it also, but it also helps. Yeah, it's the off the field card. But do you play the field card off your leader? Or yeah, it just comes out. So yeah. basically, what the deck does is you give your opponent a baby. <laughs> basically, <laughs> you give them a baby. The baby is going to do some adverse effect for them and then you can put the baby back in your deck in order to summon a Goku, Vegeta or a Broly. You have three individual chains that you can stuff into your deck to customize it as you see fit for your local meta or whatever the worldwide meta is. So you have a red deck that has access to Violent Rays which is probably like the best in the gate right now with Roshi being banned so dormant you can't loop it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, you have access to Violent Rays in a red toolbox deck. Your leader, what he does is every time you neg a battle card, he'll neg it by an additional 10. So you have built-in board removal off things you were going to run anyways, like we Super Combo and Wolfang Fist. Wow. So when you combine those two things with the various little boss monsters you can run, you have a deck that can take on any problem that you'll be faced with. Do you splash any yellow cards into this arrival, red-yellow? I mean, I wouldn't say that you couldn't. Like, literally, you can run it red-green. I've seen people run it red-green. They'll, like, the tournament promos come out for free. So I've seen somebody that'll charge red and green, and you have all these free dudes, just Alliance Piccolo. Red-yellow, I'm sure there's some red-yellow built you could do. Red-blue, you know people who throw a beer super combo, a cooler, and anything. So. 100%. And the cooler, neg, so... Yeah. Wow, that's actually insane. Uh, neg, neg, leader, neg. Uh, swing with my neg card, Wolfang Fist, get it out of here. So Whole board like, gone. The Wii super combo itself can potentially neg something by 20k. Yeah, and you know Wii super combo is already like a 20k super combo anyways, Body just based off the... So it becomes like a potentially 30... Wow, that's insane! Yeah. And there's that Vegeta card you can play for like 3, that... Uh, when a battle card gets played, it gets like minus twenty when it swings. Or am I thinking uh, yeah, that yeah, yeah. The uh, one of the boss monsters. Anytime your opponent, yeah, uh, go, it's a five drop. If it plays for three. Yeah, it's right there. Anytime your opponent plays something, it's neg by ten. Yeah. Anytime your opponent attacks with something, it's neg by ten. So if you try to play and swing, that's minus twenty. Plus your leader minus ten. Plus any kind of super combo with Whis is another ten. So you could kill a secret rare. You could kill anything. So it's not even a once per turn. No. no. At every time. And it's a rare. Not an SR. It's a rare. If your opponent removes it by a skill, which they probably will, because welcome to Dragon Ball Super in 2020, whatever we're in. But it's just like, yeah, 2021, is, you just blow it up. They have to crit a life, but it's not. I don't think it's worth it. The investment you have to put into that is kind of... That's where the that's where the downsides in the deck comes. With all this removal being so relevant, it's just it's kind of a hefty investment. Like three energy, like come on, you can play like Vegeta Invoker for three energy, and then he'll never leave the board. These um, do. So basically, the deck consists of like so you play these little peewees on your opponent's side of the board. You know they crit your opponent or have some type of negative effects, mm-hmm. but you don't have the strongest battle cards. But they essentially, with all the negative that each card does, you basically can get over anything. Yeah. Okay. So, you can remove them really easy, but that's not killing you. Yeah. You just get put into this weird game state. Now, do you know how much energy you have after you play these cards? Like, how much energy do you leave yourself open when you end the turn? 
Well, being able to awaken whenever you want, basically, it's kind of like you can have one energy open, you can play on late game, you can have two energy open, you're not scripted in this deck, you do what you want. Right, because I was going to say you can play that card that gives the Sands Barrier, I forget what it's called. The thing about that is that on the front side, you search the top five for Sands. Oh, okay. So when you include cards in your deck like that, it's like... You're guaranteed to not see it like early game. Right. You will only see it late game, which is more than likely after you already played your dude awake. Right, unless you hold it from opening hand. Yeah. So. Um, I, I don't see a problem playing that on curb though, because that's a pretty powerful effect on turn three. If you go first and they're going into their third turn, yeah, like you probably come out unscathed, and that's all you need is going into that fourth turn with this on board. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Then you have um the Broly. The Broly chain, basically what it does is it picks at your opponent's hand. So they have a three drop that comes out. If your opponent's tapped out, you look at their hand and take, I think, a 10 care less. Now you have perfect hand knowledge. That one didn't have barrier. Yeah, he has barrier. So for like green and black matchups, I think it'd be imperative for you to run that. Oh, it's actually 15k power. Three drop. Yeah, no, yeah there he is right there. He's chilling. And then on top of him, you go into the Broly Brawn Amplified, which is kind of like a Deadly Defender. Anytime your opponent swings at your leader, they have to warp a card from their hand. Disgusting. Yeah, so it's like not the worst thing ever. It's not the best thing ever either. It's just kind of annoying against decks that would be heavy removal. Like, you don't want to go into these chains against the green deck because you know Freeze is waiting. You can swap into these two with Red Broly, by the way. Uh, that one, it can't be played from any area with not involved skill. You can't play this in the Broly chain, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> good recovery, good recovery. Alright, so before, I'd definitely like to touch on some of like, the new staples that are coming out in red, but before we get there, I'd like to talk about the Bardock leader real quick. So, from what I understand, the leader is... So, Vegeta's a little bit more of the control side, but the red Bardock can be extremely aggressive. And I know they, he plays one drops for free, but all the one drops have permanent effects that become three drops, which helps fight against dormant potential, which is really good. The car we can't loop anymore. Yeah, so, well, like, how do you feel about the Bardock deck? Like, how much pressure does he, like, you know, exert, and how successful it's is he? It's about as much pressure as King Piccolo, but probably worse. Worse? It depends on how you want to build it. Like, there are builds that don't play any unisons. You know how I am when I make decks. Like, I don't care if it's, like, a turn two kill deck. Mm -hmm. I'm still going to put a unison in there. Yeah. So, like, you can put unisons in it to make it more of that King Piccolo vibe, or you can try to kill your opponent with a bunch of what are basically Kabas mm -hmm. in this deck. So, it, it depends on how you want to tackle it. I think that it'll see the most success in like a mid-range build because a lot of the people I know that have tried um, just to attack, 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 attack. Like, they're only 15Ks, bro. Mm -hmm. Like, it's it's not it's not that hard it's to like combo. It's you can shut it down. Yeah. Okay. And so, I know there's definitely a lot of uh, attack boosted cards, too, that are yeah. going on. Okay. So, all right. Well, how do we feel about some of the new red staples that are coming out? But there's supposed to be this new negate that's supposed to be pretty decent. It's, it's insane. If you're not playing a deck that has, like, cards with a base of 20 on average, it shuts you down. Yeah, so we have King Vegeta's Imposing Presence. So basically, your leader is a model Red Saiyan card, so they restricted it to, like, you know, Red Saiyans. Uh, you may choose the attacking card, ignoring barrier, against minus 10k power for the turn, and your opponent cannot attack with cards for the turn unless they give minus 5 to something each time. 
So that includes unisons. That doesn't get over barrier because it's your skill making the neg, if I understand correctly, how the mechanic works. Yeah, right. So if they have barrier, they're still good, but still. Uh, well, actually, since it says your opponent can't attack with cards for the turn unless they give the attacking card minus five, that will, does that mean you can't attack with barrier cards? No. Because you can't give it minus five. Yeah, that is true. I, we have to ask. That's above my judging ability. <laughs> no, just looking at how the game would interact and like how it plays out, that, that should be a, a, a factual thing. If you cannot meet the requirements, then you cannot attack. It's kind of the same thing for the new Mecha Freeza Champion card. There's been a lot of arguments whether or not it's been cost. So if you, right now, the agreement is the more towards that it is a cost. So if you were to swing with something but you don't have anything to rest, then it would not be able to attack. But does this fall into the place of um, if you can't pitch anymore, like with Dark with Black Power Mass Saiyan or Topo, mm -hmm. you can swing when your hand is empty. Yeah. And you can play cards when your hand is empty. Topo allows you to do that? No, Topo, you need the cost. Uh, Topo, Topo, yeah. Topo don't Black care. Black Mass Saiyan, though. Black Mass Saiyan is a little yeah, different, yeah, yeah. yeah. But this one specifically says you cannot attack with cards for the turn unless, unless you, you give do them this. Five. Yeah, Topo is similar. Topo said in order for you to attack, you need to pitch So it's a cost to yeah. swing. Black Mass Saiyan just says, hey, if you do this, I need you to discard two. But you're not required to discard two in order to do this. So according to this, because it's my negate making you have to minus five a battle card it cannot ignore barrier you cannot choose a card with barrier right. so if you have only barrier cards they can't swing because they can't give it minus five kids. that is correct i believe the, the only part that i'm seeing that says ignore barrier is when you do the minus 10 correct minus five initially yeah. but the minus five is not ignored. all right barrier. so this can be like because anything that's swinging for like 15 or anything like that it's just gonna be a 10k base against your leader yeah. so and this has an SPR variant, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah it's beautiful. The boys. Yeah, it's, I need those. I'm not even, I don't even plan on playing, but I need those. One, one last red card I'd definitely like to talk about is the one that negates zero cost, I believe, counters. I believe that's a... Six new, drop. No, one drop uh, King Vegeta battle card. Oh, it's a battle card? Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely... It's a bad ring. There he is right there. Down. He's a six drop on Shinra's there for some reason. Yeah, if they have three more energy and they try to activate, like, say, Mecha Freezer wants to activate Nimitz for life, guess what? You just burned one for no reason because I'm negating it. <laughs> yeah, so that's a very interesting card because obviously everybody tries to activate Dormant for free. So, like, this is like a new little to no cost negate that just stops the free activation. And it's a free body. Yeah, it's a free body for 19. Yeah. Wow. 19k, he ain't even leaving. He's just sitting there for the rest of the game, poking at you. Unless you invest. What's it called? King Vegeta Hidden Ambitions? I'll pull it up on TCG. Yo, this artwork is insane, by the way. Yeah. Here's the SPR. <laughs> oh, I did both Oh, wait, he's a 4k. He's not 19. 19 okay. is a 6 drop. Yeah, oh, yeah, I yeah. I was about to say, wow, 19? That's insane. Let's see what the regular one looks like. Oh. Okay, yeah, that makes a lot more sense. I'm assuming you probably evolve into this guy and do some other stuff. Somewhere down the line, he swaps into a red Vegeta's lineage. Dude. I think that's a mess up. In and they screwed this up yeah, bad. It's the same yeah. part, but they changed the cost and the power. Anyway, um, $25 regular, $40 SPR. I'm picking up SPRs, boys. Oh, <laughs> look at the, uh, the negate for him. The red negate that gives everything minus five. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What is it called? Oh, please stop hitting me. Imposing presence. 
I could type. Like it, I like it. Here it is. You want the SPR? Oh, SPR, yeah, yeah. Bro, this thing is beautiful. This is what I need. Oh, yeah. Bro, that's, that's amazing. I want to get a playmat with just like the crop of the boys. Yeah, I, I give them this game SPRs. They're so beautiful. Let's, yeah. Let's not get those on that cooler SPR. Well, which one? The cooler the one. The one that he's hitting Goku on the mountain. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They went crazy on that SPR. one. I haven't seen SPRs like this since they came out with the counterplays. DBS seller. Take my money. <laughs> DBS um, seller stay with the club. Nah. So going on to I guess blue we can say now, which leader should we talk? Let's talk about Bojack. So I know you say you know, Bo. So I don't even know, but so with Bojack, I know he does a lot with interacting with his energy, and does he charge the top card or? Yeah. So you combo stuff from your energy, and then replace it with the top card of your energy, which is hopefully something else you could. Combo yeah. from your energy, so it's like it has the elements of what you need for a good deck, and I feel like it can be a good deck. But with the way the game is set up right now, and aggro being so relevant, like aggro always has the edge over control in DBS, mm-hmm. unless you're playing Invoker, yeah, which is uh, the ultimate control. Like you can't out control Invoker, it doesn't matter what you do. Yeah, but um, it, it's a it's a really good control deck. If you're playing against stuff that goes tall, you'll probably have more of a problem. But if you play against stuff that likes to go wide with a lot of fifteen Ks, like King Piccolo, uh, you probably eat that up or eat that up for breakfast. So I guess you can say Bojack would struggle a little bit against Dark Broly. Yeah, definitely, cause like yeah, you get a free combo every turn, but you're still eating it. You don't draw cards. Mm-hmm. You plus by playing these dudes from your life then swing with the dudes they swing at the dudes instead of you same king piccolo effect keep building the board keep building the board keep building the board mm, gotcha well how about some gohan did you do any play testing with that nah you just kind of summon vanillas and then bring out a big dude and anything yeah. you want to do in between that is at your discretion mm. whether you want to go the janemba route or the little 10k goku you can combo to bring out more vanillas it's all up to you, but realistically, like vanilla decks don't have too many avenues that can go. But it is a good deck. Like I've played against it a multitude of times. It keeps a very good hand size, and it's it's a lot of pressure. Okay. Let's talk about two more decks. I, I feel like we need to push a little bit past this because otherwise, this could be a whole episode on its own. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, well, I think that well, we mentioned a little bit about King Cold a little bit. Yeah, Meki Kabora uh, was probably the one I wanted to touch base on because I feel a lot of people. We'll want to know about that and then we'll talk about some some key staples potential okay. staples yeah. Mechie what do you what, what were you looking looking for for Mechie I mean it's a wish leader so yeah. people haven't played wish leader probably in a year year and a half uh-huh. so is, like is it slow like the other wish leaders they they actually kind of made the leader a little overpowered by himself it's a very leader centric deck mm-hmm. um so you're going to spend like the first two turns getting dragon balls and then you're awakened and that's it. Then you turn on your triple attack. His draw on swing is not once per turn. So you're going to draw three after attacking them three times. And then for the rest of the game, you just take their stuff until you play your four drop. And, and he doesn't flip over. No. Like the old wish leader. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And then after you... So, like, you know how when you get your opponent to awaken on your turn. Say I activate my triple attack when you're at five. Bro, you're done. You're going to go so neg, and I'm going to go so plus, and I'm going to take all your battle cards. They have that super good Kai Negate that warps another battle card off the 
field on top of negating. And then you have the Mechie 4 drop with deflect, warp the whole board, and play two of your opponent's dudes from the warp on your side. Would you ever plug in a small blue package to run the... It has to be energy black on his activate main. Oh, just kidding. <laughs> See, I'm asking the questions that nobody else has to ask them. <laughs> you bean heads. <laughs> well, that's the first time I read this leader, and that's actually pretty intense. Well, you are saying that he doesn't flip whenever he activates the, nah, uh, his wish. He's not a real wish leader. He's oh, just, wow. Because his battle cards put two Dragon Balls in a drop for him. He grabs two. His unison grabs one. So, like, that's five right there. So I'm understanding that the promos and the premium packs are the Dragon Balls to use. Yeah, definitely. And the, that's capped at four? Yeah, because you can't play seven or one. You have to play four and then three or whatever mixture you want to play. Realistically, is Dragon Balls kind of sure. bad. All right. So was there any key pieces in Mechie Kobora or King Cold you wanted to go over before we go over generic? Same couple cards we could talk about is... The yellow counter that got an SPR, how impactful it'll be to the meta. It's the top card. It's the most popular. (laughs) Oh, Mecha's going to love that. Tap your stuff for free. Draw a card. Mm -hmm. So basically, negate the attack permanent. If you have one or more mono yellow energy in active mode, you can activate these cards and uh, activate battle skill for your hand without paying the cost. So it can be countered by... Oh, no. Oh, it is a counter. So it can be countered by the Vegeta. Oh, no. It is activate battle to use for free. So it's already free. For yeah. the most part, but you can actually just take a life to still do it for even more free. Now you, you might as well gain the energy how free it is. Like <laughs> it's it just says Bergamo, yeah, if hidden power yellow. of Bergamo. Yeah. So for the battle effect, if your leader's mono yellow, draw one card and choose up to choose up to one of your opponent's battle cards or unison cards, which is the rest mode. That's very strong. The fact unison. that you can. Rest of Unison, man. I would love. Yeah. I would have loved this card during the time Shin Shenron, so they can stop blocking my stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't activate this activate battle with the copies for the turn. Okay, so this is actually a really powerful card. Good to know. And this is not something that you can't use on your turn. Like, say you're going for game, and like, oh, he has a a five K right there. Man, rest that. Mm-hmm. This is crazy. So that means that Mecha decks won't have to use Zamasu Super Combo anymore. They can just go for Krillin. Yeah, put all the Bojack. Yeah, that's fair. It's pretty strong. Put back all your U nines back in the deck for assemble. It's pretty good. So we know the Supreme Kai that we have here, the counterplay. So I know so we, it's in the gate. Yeah. So we've been talking about this for a while. We've been wanting, you know, a, a somewhat of a counterplay for black. You know, black. Not exactly a counterplay, but it is a counterattack that can be treated like a counterplay because it does have board interaction with you know also negating the attack this is definitely going to be a very popular card it does have an spr variant i believe correct yeah yeah so this is definitely going to be a popular card coming into the next set true for all black like decks. all black decks just got a huge boost in defense like this is the ultimate two for one negate like this is blowout like say somebody plays kai secret on you right this gets rid of that yeah this and that and hatch which are two very popular secrets right now so if you get greedy and swing with it against oh, a black deck, come, it's a wrap. And they won't even come They'll back. Never they come get back. removed from the game. Yep. So question on this. At the end <laughs> of the turn, play the card sent to a war to a war by this skill to their owner's battle areas with their skills negated for the turn for the end of that. So they'll come back with their skills the next turn. Yeah. If they ever oh well, yeah, 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 they'll come back with them negated. So like if it had blocker, you would be able to block with it because now it's then a new turn. It's not okay. It's not giving it a whole nother turn of blank. 
Yeah. Yeah. Still good. I still want to know that ruling though with the SCRs which y'all mentioned. Um, because whenever it says whenever they're removed from the from the battle area, they're removed from the game. Mm-hmm. Right. So they don't so, come back. Yeah, they don't come back for sure, right? The, right. The, the guys in the hatch. As soon as they attempt to leave, they just like, oh, I'm out. Right. Okay. No. GGs. Yeah, it's a good card. No race. Okay, this Gohan. I keep seeing it because the artwork is really nice. Is it? Is it good? I think so. I think, it's it's, so I think Blue needed a finisher, and I think this this is a good finisher, in my opinion. It has mm-hmm. deflect, but it doesn't have barrier. Four it has, energy. It was 10, though. It, it, well, you could put any of that. Uh, it could be 20 for all I care. It's still a four cost. Because, <laughs> like, you, you dodge Frieza, you dodge Vegeta, you dodge uh, Trunks' counterplay, and Yamcha's kind of... Yeah, it won't matter so much. Yeah, it's also sure. deflect, so it won't matter. So it's just like this Gohan is coming down. I tap four. I'm going to try to kill you. There's nothing you can really do about it. Um, Bye. Yellow would like a word with you, sir. It does require, uh, I believe, a skillless energy concept too. So I don't know if people will jam skillless card in their deck. I mean, they're already playing skillless right now. Yeah, it's a lot of skillless blue decks yeah, floating around. package. Yeah. Yeah. That's the most successful Soul Striker deck right now is a Janemba package. I mean, you just slam this in there. It's like a two of late game. Play this before, untap two energy. I have a deflect triple strike dual attacker. And this also has SPR bearing, doesn't it? Yes. Uh, yeah. I think that uh, regular looks better. Astonishing Strike. I'll look it up real quick. SPR. Spur. Oh, that's, that's nice. It's not bad. I wish I could zoom in on it. Let me try something. There you go. And they showed that day one they mentioned the set. Oh, with that secret reveal? Yeah, they revealed the secret day one. They showed that in the developer's hand. I think it's close. I think both artworks are nice. Oh, yeah, definitely. I'm like a dog on that because I remember when that baby event, what was it? The the Unison for Garlic Jr. When we first saw it, we were so disappointed with it. It was like no effort into it. Yeah, we saw that card in person. Man, our, well, at least my mind was completely changed. It's okay. I still don't like it. Which baby unison? The no, yellow one. The, the yellow one. Maybe two cards in rest mode. Oh, that's right. Okay. Gets plus five. I still think he's a good unison. Best unison in the game. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, what other stables? The cooler, right? Oh, yeah, and you have a King Vegeta, Kingdom Lost. What does he do? Yeah, it's basically Wakanda. a deadly defender. So, it doesn't... It's generic actually oh, so he comes two out blacks for, he comes out for two okay so you he comes out he warps something from board or you can rip a random card out their hands if they ever try to swing at your leader they have to warp a card from hand until he's dead he's a 19k so when they combo up on him you're blessing and he has barrier okay. when did he become black panther oh, i don't know the heroes and the heroes he got edgy when he turned evil <laughs> i'm just saying even the unison one he looks like he's dressed up as black panther facts I completely forgot about this card, this poutine that we have here. Isn't this a different variant of a topo? Yeah. Okay, never mind. This is another staple that Black will be looking for. Well, this is only for Meki. Oh, okay. He well, got his topo. This is a card that Meki Kabor will be looking for. Meki's well, going to be strong. Back to that Vegeta. It's a 6 drop, 19k, right? Yeah, pay double two. strike barrier. Pay two. I don't think I don't think aggro Black decks will use this card. I think more Hatch will use this card. Um... Being that more more control black decks will use this card. Mm-hmm. I don't think aggro has a. Well, you need them to have cards in their warp. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, okay. So you would be like Shroom Salsa or Meki Kabora, because those are the two decks I can think of that put cards in their opponent's work. You were playing This card in combination with probably the draft box the meager could put in work True. in the uh, mid range black decks. I can see Vegex finally slowing down from yeah, I run eight chompers, this is how I close out the game to now having more of an actual game plan. A mid-range game plan. Does Vegex have a way to put cards in their opponent's warp? Yeah, that's when the Demigra I was talking about come Oh, because like when they swing. Yeah, warp something on play, warp something on swing. You have the Vegeta to warp cards on demand. Shoot. Well, that could also work in the hatch, too. <laughs> I like hatch a lot. <laughs> yeah. You put the Demigra in, in the hatch deck, yeah. I mean, this this card could, could see play. It's a good card for sure. There's even a unison. Isn't there a toy unison where... Warp stuff, yeah, yeah, on demand. Yeah, there's a unison that can do it too. So you can definitely get there. Cooler, effortless strike is definitely. Oh, that's a green card. Less mm-hmm. generic than people think it is. This is a preemptive strike for one, isn't it? Yeah, preemptive strike for one. They have to drop a card, uh, but you have to have extra cards on board or in the drop, and that's not as easy to do as you would think it is. Good for King Cold, but... Yeah, it's yeah. really good for King Cold. Everybody else is like, yeah, you can play Dormant, and you can play uh, Shocking Death Balls and Sacrifice. And I'm like, bro, I'm putting all these cards in my deck so I can play this one card. I right. can just play a better deck. Trash. Yeah. But it looks cool. Yeah. The SPR is so much better. It's devastating in King Cold, though. It's live, like, on turn two. I'm just gonna buy that to keep. Yo, I'm saying this over on his card. I feel like Bandai uh, didn't really, you know, hold back on this art. Uh, you got Bardock knocking out Chilled. You got Chilled holding Bardock's head. You got Cooler gutting Son Goku. I just feel like they they really outdid themselves this set. This as far set as artwork. Just, this just went to another level. This yeah, set. right. It was like I forgot what set it was, but when we saw the SPRs of that one set, we were like, man, Bandai just transcended. Facts. Look at this dude up here on the vanilla getting beat down by Gohan. Like, yeah, it's like this is another one of those sets where we're sitting here like Bandai just transcended again. It's pretty ball. I think it was last set we talked about it because of the SPR work. I mean, the SPRs are just beautiful in general. It's just for sure this set we're like holy moly. Yeah, they keep one up in themselves with the art department. Yeah, this is DBZ. DBZ is like you know just knocking dudes left and right, going into mountains, and they for sure. They for sure did that this set. Yeah. So this is the unison for Mech. The one in the middle, Black Smoke. Big Smoke. This guy doesn't even need an SPR. He looks phenomenal. Yeah, he's an uncommon. <laughs> he he has looks like an SR, though. Too? Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. So yeah, Mech, he has Rejuvenate, guys. So just in case you didn't have enough life awakening on turn two. Activate main, add a marker, and then minus one. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so you can build them up to keep them on board as bait, or you could just plus them and minus them, keep them the same. And then you can add cards to their your opponent's warp. Yeah, you Jeez. just warp stuff from their drop. Battle cards only though. Not good against King Cold. King Cold, no, not at all. Card. Yeah. And that's a cost. It looks like, isn't it? To yeah, that's actually cost. You have to send okay. a battle card from drop to warp, so you can uh, activate the Dragon Balls, okay. and then draw a card. Right. Well, there's a lot of cards in this set. Yeah, I do want to touch on, are there any leaders from this set or the set before that actually get better with these cards? 
I know um, we talked about these leaders, but I want to know like, does Kim Piccolo benefit out of this set? No, does not a red set. Slug benefit out of this set? Oh, uh, King Piccolo actually has direct support in this set as well as Slug. Really? Yeah, I didn't. I did see a Slug card. It's a one I drop. Don't know if if it helps the deck out. There's a one drop for a uh, King Piccolo. There well, he is right there. It's yeah, literally King Piccolo. It's an extra wild. leader ability, and you can play a unit from your life. Okay. Well, there you go. King Piccolo gets one card. I don't think he needed that at all. And it's a common. So you'll get plenty of them. <laughs> Damn, I'm having unison. Oh, there it is in my life. Let me play it real quick. <laughs> like, what? Monstrous. And what's that slug card you were talking about? Uh, it's a wings. It's a green. It's a one drop. So basically, when you block, you and your oh, opponent are, are going to draw a card. When your three drop slug gets removed by a skill or KO'd, you play that wings from the drop. Once again, block, draw card. Dormant, block, draw cards. You're milling your opponent. Oh, and he also allows you to use Rejuvenated 3 instead of 4. Which will, which will awaken your leader immediately on, like, turn 3. Chris, I'm just going to have you on speed dial during podcasts when we do set reveals. <laughs> like, hey, Chris, tell me what I need to know. You basically will be here. I'm waiting on that wing so hard. <laughs> Every set reveal we have, we just gonna have Chris here. One hundred percent, we need to. What other cards, guys? We want to look at before we start wrapping this up. I mean, there's there's just some notable cards. I'm not too familiar with the blue cards. I'm you know green has been talked a lot about in our chat, but just going off the the green cards, I know Galactic Buster. I don't even know what that is. Don't disrespect Big Bojack like that. It's basically another leader ability. So imagine if there was a card that gave King Piccolo the ability to use his, his you know, leader ability twice in a turn. Okay. Which he is. He does. He has that promo. But this is basically that promo for Bojack, except it's an SR. It's a free extra card. Yeah. <laughs> you get to choose one mono blue battle card with a combo cost of one and combo with it. And you get to draw a card. Yes, it's sir. super value. Yeah. Yep. For, and, for free. And then you can put that in your energy, and if you can grab it back out with Zeno Super Combo, you can keep looping it over and over again. See, Chris giving that, that fire. The sauce. I know the blue unison, the four drop Majin Buu, looks, it looks good already, but has an SPR that looks even ridiculous. That can be a, a key blue card for the future. A lot of these cards, like these SPRs, are like super gradable. It's almost like they're trying to capitalize on what's going on. Yeah. But like, you know these sets are made like months ahead of time. So. How many staples do you think are in this set? Um. Like one for each color at least. Yeah, at least one for each color because that Gohan is probably going to be like a linchpin for blue decks from now on. Like Would that's. Would you rather be... tap for this or for Obuni? That. Obuni is not even really. I, Obuni is like he's not even good no he, more. Like any other card that's phenomenal, he got power corrupt. Yeah. Anything else that's I would rather play that Unison than Obuni. Facts. Yeah, that Unison. It's actually pretty insane. You look at it, double strike and blocker. Yeah. If they were going to hit it with the double strike, you can just minus one instead. Bottom of deck. It's ridiculous, and it's a plus one every turn. Well, it is an SR, so it's pretty strong. Uh, yeah. All right. Would you say at least two staples per color? I would say two per color, yeah. I think, at I least. Think, yes, they, I think they try to do like two. Yeah. But I know one thing for sure. I will not make the mistake of not picking up the Connors for this set. 
So if I see the SPR is going for twenty twenty five, I'm picking those up. Sure. Yeah, thirty five SPR, bro. I might as well pre order. The thing about this set, the thing about this set that's going to be key. They're doing the same treatment they did. I think I forgot which set it was, but the box toppers they have SRs and the SPR situation set going. Yeah, so they have that same situation. So when release happens and the SPRs are flooding the market, they they I say like probably like in the fifteen range. That's when you should start getting all your staples. Yeah. Or if people listen to this podcast, it won't happen. <laughs> I feel like with certain ones, like the red one, the SPR red one, the gang one, it's not gonna. If, if that thing hits like ever twenty, like it get the set immediately. Yeah. I would I would risk it for that one. So from my experience, there's pre-release pricing, which you should never buy into, never. and then there's official set release date weekend, mm-hmm. which is when everything drops heavily. Yeah. By like fifty percent, yeah, and then it spikes up after. Basically, there's also if it's really hard to tell because there's been a lot of moments where if you wake a week later, cars still are dropping. So two, two weeks later, still dropping. Some you should you should never know exactly when they're going to start spiking because but. people have to play with the cards and mm-hmm. know what's broken or not broken if yeah. they can't play test prior or they just want to see it in person. Yeah, that's that's when the vendors come in and they should start buying everything up, but. 100%. I I think there's certain there's certain cards if like if you're gonna run red like if red is your primary color if that Vegeta negate that's an SPR ever hits twenty dollars you buy it on the spot if you're not really a red player if you're looking for grading or it's just making an investment I feel like once I feel like it might hit fifteen but that's yeah. fair uh, it's hard to say this yeah. is a very unknown market we've only had it from I don't even know if vicious rejuvenation or no is that the last set twelve. Uh, yeah, 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 it's the set we are currently in. Right, so Battle Evolutions has one or two spike cards, which is the Goku SS3 and then Secret Rare. Yeah. Everything else has followed a regular, normal, non-inflated trend. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that it's going to be the same for this. Yeah, I, I don't think that the market will follow its typical trends based on what everything, you know, everything that's going on, like the average DBS player might just get over you know who's used to the old style of how everything works might just be overshadowed by johnny with a stimulus check yeah especially with the way these cards look yeah i'll tell you right now get your u9 dogs from evolution booster they're cheap yeah that card the, the is trio so good. yeah the trio that, that, does it have deflector now I've... actually it does have deflect yes yeah, yeah they are. that card is ridiculous yeah get get touchy <laughs> Like seven dollars right now. Really? Yeah, they're less than ten dollars. That was a good card. The right Fleck there. Double Strike. This is literally a replacement for Bardock Eight that Yellow players have been asking for. Fierce Trinity, show me your price. Yep, seven dollars and eighteen cents. I've been watching it. <laughs> Project CCG, take my money. Another one. I mean, look at Basil. He hit five dollars. Yeah, that card used to be thirty-five. Thankfully, I sold mine at thirty. But yep, same here. I sold like three for like eighty. I I held the bag on that one. This um, is gonna be a good card. Android thirteen is possibly another good card. If Jero wasn't such a convoluted super combo, that Android thirteen would be like one of the best cards in the game next to Celzina. Click on this Android eighteen. Let the battle and see how much the foils are. Cause I bought the foils here for like twelve a pop, I think. Oh, you you overpaid, my friend. It's all good. I'm a believer in that card. I say get this card too. This card will go up too. <laughs> Buy another card, Marco. It's that a preemptive strike. 
Oh, okay. On the blocker. Read this card, man. If you're playing a bad leader. Bad right now. <laughs> Down the road, you wait. No, yeah, it's good. Play yeah, this card. They have a battle card being played as an energy card. I'm a believer in this card. I'm going to go home and buy two more to get a play set complete. It's like Android 13 on Royce. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, there's, it, it's like I said, guys. Like, go to the Evolution booster set, whatever. Read the cards. Whatever you think is going to be good. That card is $2? Yeah. Pick up all the Android stuff now. Because it's yeah. gonna it's gonna skyrocket when somebody breaks. Like this. if dual color ever becomes like a popular thing again, like a lot of these cards are gonna skyrocket. I think even the the kid Gohan path to something. I think even he's good. He's like Kipoku. almost only five dollars. Path to power. Path to power. Yeah, I think he's a good card. Yeah, because this what I, I I described this set. They watered down the last draft box, and it looks like they put all those cards into this set. Mm -hmm. He's because been fluctuating. This is one of the generic black cards that black needed. It just doesn't something even just be for black. It could be any sane card. Yeah, you is can it? put this in the in the sun go on blue. Yeah, blue that's ridiculous. For yeah, two. This, this card, I mean, what it comes out for two two double striker. Then when this card attacks, play one skill as battle card. What energy costs it two? And it gets plus five. Yeah, if you man, if you're like at six energies because you know your show's blue for some reason, you know two tap, for two twenty fives. It's yeah, ridiculous. Tap two, swing, bring out the skillless for free. Swing with the skillless. Right. Tap four, bring out the sun Gohan the SR. Like th this, this is a good card. Uh, there's a lot of good cards. It's the same thing as draft box. These cards are super cheap right now. Once they find their their place in the meta, they're gonna go up in price. I still think this card is pretty good. That card is an excellent card. Yeah, what Chris was saying, that card would probably game be game breaking if Doctor Jiro uh, would be a good super combo, but it, it's just it's not there yet that super combo. But if they ever release a new super combo, a new green and yellow one, this card will. They need to make more of those um, hit and raditz yeah. dual color cards. I don't yeah. know why they never completed the cycle. That was strange. Yeah. Because it was going to be game breaking. The Rosie, the one that makes you drop cards, she's really good too. I'm surprised she's just cheap. Actually, I'm not surprised. It's Dragon Ball. She's going to go up again one day though. I actually have, I feel the exact opposite on her. I feel like she's very bad. Ah, I think she's good. Like three energy is a lot. Two cards and you I get think she needs a, a good leader. Once a new rebrand or a new green leader comes out. Like I think. If there's a green leader with such a surplus of energy that they can afford a unison. And this triple yes. attack, and you drop two from your opponent's hand. So the way I look at this card it's is is a a one drop triple attack because I'm I'm looking at it like okay, well I'm paying two to rebrand right to so discard two from their hand, and then paying an like extra one, for, a an body. for a body with a triple attack. Hmm. If you're if you're playing against like one thing too that this is good if you're playing against a, a an opponent who has a unison out on the board it, i mean this could, that has 15k it can be a unison clear that's four swings Bro, mm -hmm. red green arrival with the beers on this oh. get a double strike for the turn oh. i think this is a good card i feel like this card will get value down the road it's a monstrous card y'all are crazy it, it will get there it will get there yeah, i got my place i, I still that's, that's a lot of energy bro that's a lot of energy. It's a lot do, of effects. What you gonna do with three, bro? Play three one drops. What do you mean when I'm gonna do with three? I'm gonna play three Broly's for free and kill you. <laughs> That's <laughs> what I'm gonna, three I'm gonna do that for free. <laughs> but also, I'm glad that it doesn't have a restriction. You know, some cards say that it can be played as said by their own effect or whatever. This card, you have to have a green or heroin. Leader. Yeah, that's the only thing. So in the future, maybe if a card comes out, say, hey, play a green 15k card from 
Well, you can chain attack trunks this. <laughs> yeah. I forgot about that. That's crap. sick. <laughs> well, all I'm saying is, you know, red no, green. The only downside, pop, pop. which is not a downside, this is them like not making this card a little too loco coco. It has to be played from hand to resolve the effect. But right, right, right. I mean, that's good they did that. I'm realistic. That's good they did that. If it was me, that thing could be played from anywhere. You know, it does the same thing as this, except for free. What? Heartfelt plea. Oh yeah. yeah. The card you said that was bad. <laughs> it's 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 good. It's good. Bro, now it's good. You can heartfelt play off of that path to power. Oh, you sure can. You play a red vanilla. Oh, so, that's what you mean. Okay, that's crazy. You just swing two. Oh, I was about to get. I was about to get rid of one of my uh um heartfelt. I'm gonna keep all three of them now. SPRs. All right, yeah. guys. Uh, we were gonna talk about the local stuff, but we're just way over time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's go ahead and wrap up. Let's do our shout outs. So. I always go with shout-outs to, to Lotus Gaming Shop, the Salt Boys local. Uh, great sponsors, great store. If you're in the Clear Lake, South Houston area, please go check them out. Uh, they will be Dragon Ball official in the next month. God willing, everything goes smooth with the distributor. That's another battle we're talking about. But shout-out to all the teams in Houston, especially Team Meta Club, because they help the Salt Boys be great by letting us beat them in, in everything that we do. Um, <laughs> Uh, shout out for Ryan, of course, uh, Team Lethal, and to Galaxy Gaming. They're a great shop as well. If you're on the west side of Houston, they are the premier shop for Dragon Ball right now. Uh, Lotus will be there soon. Marco, any shout outs for you? Oh, well, just shout out to my team. Fortunately, we don't have a sponsor, but shout out to all the great local stores in Houston. We love all of them. As mentioned, Lotus Gaming, great store. I've been there. They got a great stream set up. Same thing for Galaxy Gaming. Now that I think about it, the two prime stores are like the only stores that does streaming. And I think that's very impactful for the community that we have here in Houston. Shout out for Simon and Chris for coming out here. We're very appreciative for all the knowledge you guys shared with us and the time that you've given us, you know, in your days. And yeah, those are my shout outs. Simon, Chris. Yep, shout out to uh, all of the Houston DBS community. You know, uh, y'all always are very competitive and keep the game alive. Shout out to all the stores. Shout out to my team. And I do want to ask one question that directs to all of y'all. This next set, if y'all have the option, would y'all buy singles or boxes? Boxes. Boxes. Case. 100% case. I haven't said this in a while, but go ahead and buy some boxes, Big Simon. (laughs) Noted. (laughs) For a long time, I've been saying singles, but like everything about this upcoming set, there's some decks looking very promising. There's a lot of staples, and the SPRs are very much worth it. And like I said, there's box toppers this upcoming set for regular SRs and SPRs. Go ahead and buy some boxes. Yeah. And the secrets are good. I just want to shout out y'all for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. I appreciate y'all acknowledging, you know, what I can bring to the table as far as card knowledge comes. And uh, like they said, if you have the opportunity, I definitely buy into next set because you can't make money unless you have opportunity to lose money. So yeah. where the prices increase, there comes an you know, opportunity for more sealed product games. Yeah. Special yeah. shout out to Chris for not mentioning anything about flesh and blood during this whole podcast. Thank you. So Actually, much. I was just about to say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's about all we got time for. I'm probably going to trim a little bit of this uh, before we put this up on the on the recording. But catch us next time. Uh, peace out. All right.